Pharrell is above Timberland. For me. As far as what? As far as producing music. But then... Because, to, because Pharrell has the commercial success. When Once you start... I think he surpassed, surpassed him. Yeah, he definitely surprised. Once, once you start producing music for all of these fucking movies and soundtracks, yeah, doing them scores. Yeah, you're doing literal legitimate scores for movies now. Come on, bro. Or would you just say that Pharrell went from a? Well, I feel like he's always been a producer, but I feel like Timberland has moved back more into a beat maker. It is, and you know than what? A producer. The funny thing you say that because me and me and him had this conversation, like. Maybe three weeks ago or something like that. But we were talking about Timberland. We were talking about how he left the game for a minute. Yeah, well, I, like him being gone. Quiet. And in his absence, the music something happened to the music, music though. Music changed. Yeah, music changed on him. He didn't. And it's not necessarily like he changed with it. Right. He kind of. He just still stayed in that Timberland it's box. Like he's a couple. Which steps we, back. which I appreciate, but it's. But when you're trying to acclimate to the new school of music, he evolve with it. Yeah, you you gotta. I you think Timbaland's sound is in. The I'm mood. not saying he can't. He I don't fits. think he has to. I don't think he has to either. That's the thing. I don't think he has to either. Because I, I like think his, if you go his, to Timbaland, you're looking for a specific sound, right? And then but also, there are new producers that sound like have him. Have some type of evolution with his music. I think so you, too. You should be able to notice. It, I think, but what, you're still gonna notice that Timbaland sound. But, yeah, but here's the thing, though. I like. I think. His music was this. Is what we were saying, we were saying his music was so ahead of its time already. Oh, yeah. It took a long time for the world to catch up. Yeah, exactly, with that shit. and to me, they still. We was just listening to some of his tracks like a week ago, and the shit that he's made still sounds like it's not from this era. And then you gotta understand, Timberland birthed Pharrell. Yeah, it's true. So Man, just, that that that, that uh, something in the water shit. That's the, they all come from the same place, right? And then. Uh... I mean, even if you listen to a lot of music now and how it pulls a lot from... No, you know who birthed them all? I'm so sorry. You know who birthed them all. Teddy Riley. Teddy, yeah. Teddy yeah. Riley. Tim LaHoffman um, says that, too. He says that all the time. But I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, yeah, because well, he has Teddy, Teddy brought in, like, New Jack, and then he evolutionized <laughs> that. And then, uh, you know, Pharrell working under Teddy. Yeah. With... Uh, oh, but, but even before with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis... Was before Terry Riley. Y'all talking that shit. It's it's really pod time. <laughs> it's really time to pod. All right, so they, should, they this should be the intro conversation. Back in motherfucking Prince era, and Sheila E. Yeah, because they were. They Prince, were. Uh, by the way, Prince is definitely one of those mythical beasts Prince that is we a was talking. He's one of those mythical beasts that we were talking on, about earlier. Hold on. Hold on. Save, save the ammo for the shootout. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Save the ammo for the Hold shootout. Guns, Y'all can still, I'm still looking for this song, yeah, but don't like, talk about that yet. Close your eyes and ears. What's our, what's our intro tracks? I don't know. That's what I'm, I think I'm about to do. Uh, nigga, I ain't telling you. I mean, this is a lot of music that's came out. That's why so I. So much, bro. So are we yeah. doing, can we start off with some uh, CLB and Kanye? No, I told him to start off with a return of the Mac, nigga. Can we do you Return gotta, gotta get some, The, the some Sada Baby remix <clears throat> Say that one more time The Sada Baby remix so, Oh he did do that <laughs> Yeah he did with my strap yeah. <laughs> with I didn't hear strap. that I heard that either Yeah he did do that Hold up Yeah I'm trying to uh, But y'all could talk I, I just don't want y'all to talk about The mythical beast I Nothing good are, are, are your intros up? 
with us rambling, or do you just cut straight in? No, I, it'd be like if we talking, especially if it's something good, I leave all that shit in the beginning. Of, okay. I'm just still trying to get set up because I, I, I kind of. Forgot how to get in the groove. I, yeah, that too. But I also forgot that there was some music that I needed to grab. So if we're going to talk about these albums, and I need to have that shit on hand. Because my setup is so different now that I don't have my laptop. I can't just pull up shit and play it through YouTube. Do we need... That bitch is broke. That bitch is gone. It's, it's a wrap. You just copped that? No, I bought that. It was used, and I bought that like six years ago. Oh. From a... Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The MacBook. Say that one more time, Mojo. going to build something from the ground up? Not a laptop, no. I'm probably just going to buy another MacBook. Oh. Fucking $1,500. Check Groupon. Really? Hell yeah. Groupon be having the boys on there. You might low-key want to buy one now to try to get like cash in on student discounts or whatever. Why though? Why you say now? Stu- student discount. Like Everybody starting school. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I got you, yeah. That makes sense. And so you can probably catch something. <clears throat> Brazil, y'all put uh, the little one in school this year? Oh, yeah. She yeah. that shit. She is? Hell oh, she already started? Grayson. Grayson. Grayson don't start for week. another week. Really? Yeah. Damn. Oh, school, yeah. And she going year-round. She going year-round. What school district is uh, Grayson going to? One out there by us. Uh, I think Inkster? it's technically Inkster. But you know I'm in a weird spot. Well, I'm right on the border of every fucking thing. Dearborn, Inkster, mm-hmm. so Garden City, there. I, Westland. Uh, my nieces live off. God damn it! I take Telegraph to. I think it's Cherry Hill, and when we're down Cherry Hill, one side is Inkster, <clears throat> one side is fucking Dearborn. Yeah. I was like, damn! I didn't realize Inkster was like right it's there. It's weird. That- it's weird. That's oh. Northern Inkster. Most people, when they think of Inkster, they think about more like Michigan Avenue. I think Ave. Michigan Avenue way yeah. the fuck out. <laughs> Michigan uh, Inkster actually touches Taylor too, so it goes very. It kind of it kind of goes deep. I didn't realize that Inkster was that fucking close. Like people from Inkster damn near can see the airport too. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that shit is really close. What time she go? What time she got to be there? What time she get out? I want to say eight thirty to three thirty. Oh yeah, so they something like that. We take, almost about to sign. You know, she right at Marygrove. That's two blocks. Oh yeah. That's a new school from the ground up. That's pretty dope, man. I can't wait. Yeah, his school is right around the corner from me, too. It's about five minutes away, driving distance. <clears throat> Hopefully, I can get him in there. I'm, uh, next, they, time I'm, 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 next time, I'm going to have a stunt on them kids. She's going to drive her pink Range Rover up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I think we're ready. I don't have no sound effects. This is a whole new setup. I lost my laptop. Um, for everybody returning, man, it's been a long time. We back. We the back. Last the last airing, yeah. I think, was July 10th of last year, 2020, in the midst of the pandemic. Sheesh. We vets in this shit now, Ooh. man. We 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 done survived some shit. We done all seen some things. It's been a long time. But we here. But look, I, I told left you. Shouldn't have left y'all, man. I told myself we, I ain't even going to do too much talking about returning, man. We just going to get right to it. Without a dope pod to step to. So let's get it. <laughs> yeah. Baby, now I got the flow Cause I know it from the start Baby, when you're 
music, the music just loud. That's all. Yeah, I hate this, but it grew on me. I think I love this shit from day one. Like overload Everybody was using Everything Yeah All product recognition Cause this, this a Motherfucking masterpiece Yeah It is But I don't know It just like Burnt out quick Yeah I hear you Because it, but then, That's because It elevated to the point To where it was At everybody's barbecue So fast Like you know what I'm saying Like this is one of them Summer This was a spring Summer Fall And then it just Returned a Every summertime song Every, every barbecue Right here. Hey, I'm gonna play a lot of music because it's been a long time. So much shit. Shit was so pitched up like that. I, I don't know what Egypt that did. Shit beautiful. <laughs> Whatever he did, you need to put that nigga on payroll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was pitched up. What, I don't even know how to undo that. What, what's that clause that do not compete? <laughs> Ain't no forgiveness. I'm looking for revenge. She asked me, was we finished? I guess that all depends. Uh, Stay true to your village, can feed you through your skin. Stay loyal to that soil. I guess that it all depends. Huh? Bitch ain't no forgiveness. Oh, there we I'm go. looking for revenge. She oh, asked me once we finished. I guess that it all depends. Huh? Stay true to your oh, village, okay. can feed you through your skin. Stay loyal to that soil. I guess that it all depends. Yeah. Bitch ain't no yeah. forgiveness. Turn they backs, bitches turn they backs. I'm not surprised. Not cut from that cloth, it's something off. Can't look in my eyes. All these snakes just call me Nick the Wrangler. Boy, the strict strangle. Trust on the beat. Who they known to be? Bitch, find a different angle. Uh, I talk my shit and stack my money up. Oh, regardless, running with my team. Ain't no runner up. Trading, trading secrets, crypto shit. Let's run it up. Plotting on the future for our children. We can't fuck this up. Yeah. You niggas hustling for your first name Don't know the feelings Since 2017, this shit ain't been the same yeah. I live for my seed You turn your back on me, it's rest in peace This shit that I bleed, it runs so deep And I put that on Jesus 
Bitch, ain't no games where you see playing that. Got a family full of killers, the rest gorillas. How you gon' bang with that? Niggas see I'm modest, on no hot shit, they underestimate me. But check the score and check that invoice, cause you got some death. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, I learned something new. I didn't know you could do that. You was coming in like this. <laughs> I better watch out this season. Shit. <laughs> Hey, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, young black star in the thief in the night. Don't say my name, you ain't speaking it right. Enemies too close, wanna keep me in sight. Oh my god, I keep me like a light. This ain't for sure, I'm a sneak in the pipe. I ain't seeking for hype, I ain't speaking for life. Fuck a gel in the cell, we ain't breathing no kites. I know they got a clear view. Jamming, I'm claiming my sovereignty, uh, and I can't slide in peace. Identify me, niggas ain't flies me. I'm on the scene, I see you spying me. I'm in my A, but I ain't in Miami. I'm somewhere on D&D. Companies just like TMZ. They wanna know how you spend, how you dress, and then nigga, how you eat. Every spending, every purchase, habit just defeat the shit. You don't leave. I'm going off a tangent. Many ain't sewn to the fabric. I've been controlling the madness. They ain't upholding the standards. I've been no rose in the attic. This shit I grown from is tragic. They don't want static or shocking. I'm in this version of Double Make Pro. Alright, slow it down, slow it down. It's been a minute. Oh, you know I miss it. Not afraid to admit it. Say you need a time, but you know I wasn't with it. We won't know what time, just me who fucking more bitches. Now that's none of my business. In my emotions. Going through these photos while I go through the motions Going through these texts so I can live in the moments Never having closure is the reason I'm open Maybe I'm open Times are different That's not why you're distant Tell me different Oh my God. Say that again. She's one of those. Oh, yes. It ain't over till it's over. Oh, no. All right. I don't know what you're going to do with all them emotions I just threw at you with all the different types of music. But go ahead. I got a pistol in my hand and I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, you crying, right. <laughs> <laughs> Concoct all that shit. Do what you want to do with it. This is the guys are, guys are watching, man. We are back. This is the podcast episode 54, I believe it is, of the official uh, line of podcast numbers. But we're really deeper than that because we've done a lot of shit, man. But I'm so happy to see y'all all back together, man. Yes, sir. It's been literally like 13 months Damn. since we've been back. I think it was July of 2020. Yes, sir. So what do I say? You, We are gods. You are gods. We are all gods in our own right. Um, let's get to it, man. I don't know. I don't know what we jumping into first, but I guess the first thing is, since it's been such a long hiatus, but even on top of that, it's been such an interesting last two years almost. Yeah. Um, how's everybody faring, man? How's everybody doing? What's everybody been up to? Any new developments? Anybody learn any new skills through all this bullshit? What's What's the word? 
Uh, let me. Yeah, let's just go through the room. And yeah. who, who is here? What's the roll call? Who's to my left? Oh, man. You know, we got Demotive back oh, in the I fucking Ooh, building, I can't baby. even clap for you. I got to... That's all right. We're going to have to manually yeah, clap for niggas. Yeah, we back, man. Missed you guys. Missed yeah, you guys. Yeah, man. Same, same here. Who we, got, who we got to my left? Hi, guys. It's Jay Deshaun. What's Hello. Going on? Hello, guys. sir. Hello, good Hello. sir. Jay Deshaun. Top of the morning. Artist extraordinaire, producer, rapper, everything else. I don't know. Everything under the sun. Painter. The mo around. The mocad mo uh, li liaison. And, uh, mocad visitor services. D-boy. Detroit clothing circle Ooh. liaison. Oh, mm -hmm. God. How many titles you got? Right. A lot. Damn. Yeah. I just got one. Who's who's hey, your left? Who, what, what, what would that be, sir? Motherfucker, I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> we got Ojo in the motherfucking building. Ojo? Holy city. From Holy the city, stand up, guys. Shot town. Oh, it's been too long since yeah, niggas heard that. We got the shots to let off for you. Man. Can you can you get the shotgun over there? Don't blow a hole through the ceiling. We're going to make it realistic. But yeah, man, what's everybody, how's everybody been fearing? Let the listeners know how niggas have been doing through all of this shit, man. Man, what a crazy set of events these last two two years really has has been. 2020 and 2021, man. Years that I, didn't happen, but happened. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. I've experienced everything. Uh, loss uh, of on every level. Um, also insight, though. With that, uh, just a, I mean, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions, is what it was, uh, and it was really eye opening for me. Um, just on every micro level, things shit that you didn't even think about. It's, it's like your, the schooling system. Yeah, you saw how important that shit was. Yeah, um, that was one of the first fucking things to go. <laughs> but and which I never would have thought. I never would have thought. But uh, yeah, man, it's just been a roller coaster for me. But I am in good health, and um, um, it's, it's, it's great to hear. It's I'm in I'm in a good mental space right now. That's great. Um, where I wasn't before, but I'm I'm good. Uh, my mom had COVID and uh, pneumonia. Was in the hospital for a mm. while. That shit was crazy. Um, Lost, we lost our aunt. Yes, we lost our aunt. Um, so it, shit's been wild, but we still here. We still standing, man. Um, we didn't, and, and just for clarification, we did not lose our aunt to uh, COVID. No, no, it wasn't COVID. Just, there's just been a lot of shit going on. We'll get deeper into that, but I'm going to give you, go ahead and give you a chance to say what you guys say. What's been going on with you, Jada Sun, sir? sir? Uh, being busy, moving around a lot, moving and shaking, trying to figure out. This life situation. A lot of career changes and shit, right? A lot of career changes. A lot of getting my hands in everything. Still uh, in school. That's good. Keep them Well, I recently dirty. just started school. So for I, for, I guess, transparency, I definitely dropped out. Uh, I was spending a lot of money doing something I didn't, I didn't like. Um, and so I dropped out, paid for it. Who's that on your shirt? Dennis Rodman. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's a dope-ass shirt. Thanks. Um... Well, this is a part of it. I uh, bought a lot of clothes. I, on the on the, I guess brighter side of things, I started to understand a lot more about myself, art wise, style wise, music wise. Sounds like growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, growth. Mm -hmm. I started to get into stuff I didn't like. I like scents now, like fragrances. Me too. I just started to get into fragrances, and we were talking about watches earlier. I didn't care about watches, mm. and then I was just like, you know, these are kind of some cool watches. It's I'm some cool not, shit out there. Not that deep into it, but it's like stuff like that. I got a Pinterest folder with uh, cars in it now. 
I didn't care about cars, but I was like, you know, these are kind of hard. Like I, uh, like I what kind of cars you fuck with? What's my most recent? I really like boxy cars, but I started to find a love for like luxury cars. Mm. I want. I'm. I'm currently on the hunt for a training day. Uh, uh, Monte Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. What's that about a seventy nine? About to say seventy eight. Seventy eight. Seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Regal too, though, from that same little uh, set of years. Mm. Like my, like my, I guess top car is like a Beamer E30 M3. Uh, but then I started looking at like, oh, DeLoreans are kind of cool. The, you said the be- that's the, the that's the smaller one, right? The boxy one, the uh, the nostalgia ultra car, the Frank Ocean car. Okay, the okay. orange one. Yeah. But I really like uh, like how it looks and like when people modify it. And then I was looking at this. Uh, said a DeLorean. The, yeah, like DeLoreans and then like this Porsche. It's hard to get right there. Carrera? Yeah, it's like I really just like the like the colors and like... Like that mint green. Okay. Yeah, and like just getting into all these different things and also understanding like how all these other facets of my life connect. Other than that... Uh, but you're an artsy person. You, yeah, see, my art has... Like, I think one of the things that a lot of people underestimate is like when you think about a lot of those gaudy sort of like materialistic things... Is that we uh, uh, only most people look at them that way, but really, if you think about deep down, the people that designed that car is art. It was yes. art, bro. Art, that's, and then it's like architecture. That's a even watches goes deeper into the conversation about Kanye West, which I hope we have tonight because I have some very interesting. Like, Are we gonna get to on it? everything? But if you look into the watches, like if you look at the backstories, a lot of those watches that are. Like, you know, even some of the Rolexes, the more boring watches, they have stories that are very interesting because of those yeah. the people that made them might have been the, through uh, something that inspired that watch the or something. The Cartier uh, Dolly watch. Kanye has one, and it's supposed to uh, resemble Salvador Dolly's uh, paintings where he has, like, the bending clock. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And so, like, that's, like, one of the most... That, those, yeah, I think that watch is, like, one of 13 or yeah, something in like the world or something like, like that. The most expensive Cartier. Many watches are, like, grown man jewelry. Like, yeah. you don't need all them rings and all it, that shit. Yeah, nice watch. Rings are fine. I just had a conversation about that the other day, talking about moderation when it comes to jewelry. Because I remember being a kid, and that was something that my dad randomly said to me that just stuck in my head. He all His his philosophy was always like, if you're going to wear jewelry, kind of keep it simple. Like, you don't have to wear everything. Right. Just mm-hmm. kind of just wear those pieces. A that few just, pieces. Yeah. Like, stuff out, like yeah. that. And then it's like, that's also kind of like what I've been, I've been like tailoring my, like jewelry and accessories. I like your jewelry. Like, I, I, I want to get like, oh, this color hard. Like so, like this. I'm just like this is a hard color when it bounces off of like this bracelet or like. Remember, I hit you up, ask you where you got all your shit from because I was looking for rings. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. just get them like from everywhere, and so like stuff like that. Um, other than that, um, teaching myself routine. That's something that I had and lost during, like, COVID. Like, at first, I had this constant routine of waking up, but then, like, I got back into life, and that routine went away because everything became, like, hectic as far as, like, oh, I have to be here, I have to do this, I have to do this. And so I'm still garnering, like, that routine. So I'm still getting back into, like, wake up. I got to wash my face. I got a facial routine. Make sure I exfoliate on XYZ days. Make sure I... Well, it's funny because the pandemic taught me that I fucking hate routine. But I ain't going to go too deep into that. I'm going to let Ojo, yeah. if you've been, th- what you've been up to, man? What's been the deal, man? It's uh, been... I've just been relaxing. <laughs> myself a new birthday. It's January now. It's supposed to May. Keeping yeah. both of them, both. Yeah. Both of them, though. Yeah. Y'all do birthday is January? My new oh, birthday is January. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, has it been that long already? Yeah. 
You want to tell the people what we're talking about or you're going to keep it under? Uh, It's up to you. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I want everybody Let's... to know all that. All right, we'll move on then. But I've had a new birthday. Got you. I, will, I still am a Gemini. Do you life. know the de- exact day? Yeah, oh yeah. I'll oh. never forget that. Oh, that's amazing. You should get that tattered on you. Yeah, I was thinking about a lot of tattoos I, I think I might get. Yeah, you should get that shit tattered on you. Yeah, I had some losses. Their family is my family. I've inherited their family since I've been in this yes. state. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. the loss was as hard on me as well. You saw me cry for the first time, I think. I think so. I think so. I had this. I want to try to get y'all a little distance because I was teary-eyed as well in my own space. I like, I've come to not like funerals. I yeah. don't like funerals. So. I don't, I don't, I imagine no one does. We, I spent three, two, three days, like, not really arguing with my mom, but I was sort of just spilling it on her. Like, I really don't want to go to this funeral. And she was just, like, she was, she was like, you don't have to go. Like, she was just saying, like, it's up to you, really. But, you know, I was talking to a few people. I think I even said that to you a few no, times. No, you definitely said that to I heard from you as well. Yeah. You wasn't, you were Because debating. I was right there yeah. in that space of it, of that. Talking about our aunt, by the way, um, Olivia, who passed away. Because it puts you in that mindset. In March. It, it stresses in your mindset. What's already there. Yeah. And, it and that this right. person is gone. And it yeah. realizes it, right? It makes mm-hmm. it real. And then you have to sit there and stew in it. Right. In that moment. And it's just, it's absolutely terrible. It's like, it's like you've already been stabbed. Yep. Now the knife is getting twisted. Twisted, yep. Yep. <laughs> it ain't even pulled out yet. It, and right, because it then has to get pulled out and you might even get stabbed again. Yep. It's a serrated knife. So every, so when it so does golly. get pulled out, it's going to take even more. So I, I'm really in that spe- headspace too. I, I can't stand funerals. Like, I, I, mom, if my mom, Yep, you know, knock on wood. But when my, when it's my mom's time, there there won't be a funeral because I can't do it. I'm not gonna my, do. I, I'm not uh, gonna do it to me. Away, it was and a to my kids. I'm running out of hall. Yeah, at a fucking celebration. Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. There won't be a funeral though. Yeah, because I don't be. know if I would want to see my mom laying lifeless in a in a box. Right. right. Yeah. That's that's too hard. And yeah. the and the the deeper philosophical way of looking at this too would be like, really, what is the point of this ritual that we all practice uh, Absolutely. funerals? It's sort of just like something that we've adopted because we're a part of this culture. Right. Of, I won't even say like America weddings? because funerals are sort of universal, but depending on what part of the world you're in, they all look different. But we all kind of have something that we do. But like, we don't have to do that shit, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Especially as Americans, nigga, we could do whatever the fuck right. we want to do. But when, so we like to use... Those- we actually lost two aunts, bro. Yeah, we did. We Two actually aunts. did. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Just the we other did. one, we didn't really have too much of a relationship with. But the 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 second aunt we lost in March of 2021 was like literally somebody who has been present in my life from day one. Yeah, like, like second, I used to be like over her house. Mom. Like a lot of my first memories, you know, like, you know, a lot of us have to kick online and most of our beginning, our first two, three years of our life, we don't even remember. She is in some of my very first just kicked online memories. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's fucked up to have to part part with that. So I can only imagine. It was hard for me to um, go to that funeral, bro, but I did. And I'm not even going to lie. It felt good to, to let all of that out. Yeah. 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 They got to read an obituary, and uh, my mom had me. She gave me the opportunity to write something to her for the obituary. I, didn't, I thought that that was 
that was uh, that was needed. And, it was uh, beautiful, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a lot of people that wrote in there yeah. because I had when I had wrote mine, I had only heard of a few people writing theirs. I didn't know it was going to be that many. And I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with the process of funerals, right? Because most of them that I went to, I was very young, right? So now that I'm 30, and I, this is like the first funeral I've been to since uh, Mo died in 2012. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really, I've never seen that. Yep. And they got to read those, and they she got to mine. Oh, I think I melted in that chair, bro. Yeah. I turned into a fucking pile of tears. Yeah, like I, I, it was, it was like hearing somebody else read it because convey I had your emotions. Yeah, somebody bro. Convey your emotions because I had written it, so I knew what it was going to say. But it was just hearing somebody else read, and the lady who was reading it, was, she started crying when I she was got to my. Just about to say. When the person is reading your words and they feel whatever it is that's written. She had to it, stop when she was reading mine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what what exactly, what words yeah. it was that choked her up, but she had to stop. And I was like, oh, this is just making it yeah. so much worse. Yeah. But man, rest in peace to our auntie, bro. That was just one, one of the hurdles we all had to jump over at, together um, yeah, this we year. We love you and we miss you. Yes, absolutely. But um, this year, this last year has been a learning this has been, like, I'm very impressed with the fact that I'm still sitting here today because, man, yeah. I've been through some shit. Yeah. I won't disclose most of it. Yeah, because you have, yeah, you've been through some, yeah. I've been through some shit that I never thought I would be through and never thought I could survive and shit mm -hmm. to just, but, man. I But the the brighter, the, the bright outline around this storm cloud is that it kind of inspired so when when, I, when we lost our aunt, it inspired me to get closer to family. Like, I think if she died, I think she died March 4th or something like that. And then we had the funeral like seven days later. And then right after that, it kind of just kicked me into overdrive into being interactive with more family. Because at the funeral, like, I don't think I would have been able to make it through that shit if y'all didn't come. Like, right. your mom came. And then she yeah. hugged me and said something to me. I don't remember what she said, but it didn't matter what she said. The fact that she was there and it was like, I know this person made mm -hmm. it easier for me to deal with because it's like, I'm in a room full of people that I'm familiar with. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, we all knew her too. And that's so part of the human selfishness of it because I, because that's why I, when you told me that you didn't want to go, in the back of my mind, I told you that, well, you know, do you gotta go. You you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. But part of me, part of part of that is was coming from a place of selfishness. Because I wanted you there for to have that support in another Because we had to go through that shit together. We had to go through that together. So every person that was there, you, you, every it was it was there were it was pillars of support that I felt like were needed in the foundation. In that moment. I yeah. kept looking around the room. I literally kept looking around the room because it was almost like I couldn't believe it. But the only thing that made it make more sense was to be honest I was looking at Will which is the son of the aunt we lost so that's right. our cousin that's her son mm -hmm. and he was fine yeah he was totally fine he was <laughs> it was it was actually odd and eerie how fine he was I but mean, I think, I think I, just in the moment he, he, it was, could, he could just carry his shit yeah, Will because I know he's well. not fine right right Right, but the he was just carrying it so fine. easily, and yeah. it's like this is his mom. Yeah, and I'm more and, fucked up yeah. than him, and I'm over here in a fucking ball. Yeah, that's why I was like, bro, I gotta chill because if he can carry this shit, I mean, granted, we all take things different ways, but right, right, him, seeing him be fine was 
it made me feel better. Seeing Bobo be fine, which was his brother, be it yeah. made me feel better. Yeah. Um, seeing your mom be fine because yeah. you know don't nothing really fuck with her. Yeah. She just and my mom too because yeah. she was just sort of like they just there. Yeah. Because they probably had already, you know, Came they sh shed their tears, come to terms. Yeah. This is their sister though. Yeah. And I'm fucked up, and this is just my auntie. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure everybody, most people listening have been through um, these, Something like these that. sorts of things. But this is just the first time I've ever lost somebody that close to me. And that was that was for me, too. That was somebody that, it's the first time I lost someone that close to me. And I've lost plenty. I lost a brother. I've lost a father. I've lost but for on some every reason, level. But for some reason, this one yeah, bro. was on just a completely... Different different I think level. it's just because you're like you're older like you've got to sit with this it's, person yeah, it's that it's that part too but just like he said too it's the history there like she's always been there like and a nice under I think your of, mom yeah like, my, like a second mom right. like she was Literally. a second mom and then his mom is a second mom to me right. so it's like I, whenever I think been of, the, they've, they've always, always been, like been the, there they've always been the trio I call them yeah. the trio you yeah. know whenever you saw one Three you saw wise, the other and now we can't see that again and now we can't see that again and that's fucked up so I remember I was talking to my mom because my mom told me and I was just like, it kind of hit me. It didn't hit me, of course, not as hard as, you know, everybody mm -hmm. who's experienced her a lot more than I have. But even on the level that I've experienced her, I was just like, this is going to be okay. And what you said kind of like reassured that because I knew I was like, this is that moment where now you are going to be the one and like you are going to be the one. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just a matter of like, y'all are now the trio. Because right. y'all are the... Bro, so I'm so glad you just said that. <laughs> because after she died, what I was saying was um, it inspired me to start reconnecting to family members again. Right. So right after the funeral, um, I think, I mean, of course, I'm always with y'all in some way or form, but I made it a point to go see him. Me and you are always on a video game and doing something, whatever. Right. But the fact that we got our kids together a few times this year... Yeah. Very important to me Very now. important. Whereas it was important before, but now it's really important. Yeah. Because to see somebody vanish from my life like that kind of makes it, it like, makes everything. it puts importance yeah. on these relationships that we kind of take for granted every day. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be here, or yeah, I don't right. know if I'm going to wake right. up tomorrow at all. It puts the magnifying don't scope wake up on dead. Right. <laughs> it puts the magnifying scope on, on, on every um, relationship that you have. That's why I think I posted something on Instagram the other day and I was just saying like, you know, we have these moments where we, we that we take for granted all these little moments and memories and all these conversations that we have, and we kind of take them for granted in the moment because you're thinking in your head like, "Oh, there'll be more moments." Right. But you don't know. You don't if know there'll that. be more moments. You don't have. You don't, so you, you know, don't know that. It was yeah. just what. It, the term taking shit for granted comes. It from really is. Yeah. You just assume like, yeah, that nigga always gonna be there. Yeah. But after that, man, I went and reached out to my cousin, um, Quisha. You know, I was like, man, let me just take you and your kids out. We went and had dinner. Great conversation and shit. And this is somebody that I grew up with, too. She's been a part of my life from as early as I can remember. But when we became adults, lives just took us in two different directions. Right. And we don't be cool no more. Right. Like, I could hit her up anytime. Right. But it's it just, just be like, fleeting conversations. Yeah. But I'm like, no, nah, this is my dog. And, the, and another thing that fucked me up in the, in the funeral was when I started dying in that motherfucker, she came. She was the one who jumped up and literally ran across the the church to come mm -hmm. get me. And I looked up. I didn't know who it was at first. And I'm like, it made it even worse. Yeah. Like, I cried even harder because <laughs> I looked up and this is my childhood cousin mm -hmm. consoling me and shit. So 
After the funeral, I went to see her, took her and her kids out, which I had never even spent time with her kids. Right. Which is crazy. Right. But now, now they know who I am and vice versa. Uh, I forget, man. I started reaching out to everybody and just spending time and shit. Um, we we forced Will to come out the house. Yeah. Um, which we got a lot more. Yes, sir. We we got to get his ass out. But seems like he's trying to reach out and come out more. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think he, uh, he he definitely held it in, but I think he definitely recluded even more. Yeah, because he's carrying all that pain though. Right. But I and I think he's trying to force himself out of it. Right. Yeah, I feel right. the same I way. I feel that. Yep. I feel that. But one and of not the, dwell on it so much. One of the conversations that I ended up having, I think, when me and Quisha went out, I think that was her. Um, it was like we still sort of look at ourselves as like the children of the family. Right. Right. Because we used to like the our aunties throwing the barbecues and then yep. they, were the they just bring us. They the monarchs. Yep. Yeah. But then we done it's been 20, 30 years since those days. And yeah. now we look up, this is our family. Right. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, had, kids nice of our own. Yeah, we, we had, had a whole tribe yeah. of our own. Yeah. You got kids, I got kids, you got kids. Everybody right. got their own families that make up a bigger family. And we don't even really realize that yet. Right. Like I haven't fully realized, like, nigga, I'm the uncle now. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. But literally, I am. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just trying to make a. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Just trying to make an effort to uh, bring all this family shit together. But yeah, man, it's it's been a long year. I'll probably disclose more shit. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I think that's the important part. And I was glad. I, I'm glad to hear that that's it. And I mean, like, even, like, I follow you on social media. I see you on social media. And even, like, seeing you, like, constantly being with, like, you know, a family member that probably I haven't even seen in, you know, right. X amount of years. And it's just like, this is what I knew was going to happen. Right. Like, this is what's meant to happen, almost. Right. It's almost like a sacrifice for that purpose. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's like, that's the, like, it's the shift that's like, not even to say it needed to happen, but it was going to happen. Right. It's either, it's like, it's going to go one of, like, one of which ways. Yeah, man, it's been a, a very pivotal, it's, I feel like uh, I've become even more of an adult in this last year and a half. I, I swear I'm not crying. I don't know what's going over. I, I, I need some goddamn water or something. I'm about to choke on the mic. He but needs some milk. <laughs> let's, I don't have no... You uh, some in the reefer? Huh? Yeah. yeah. I don't, it's in the drawer in the bottom. The I don't know what... Uh, how we about to... What we about to transition to as far as topic-wise, but uh, uh, man, let's get to it, start? man. We, we got, got a lot. so much to go over, bro. Uh, rest in peace to DMX. Rest in peace to DMX, man. That's yes. a very huge part of my life, too. This <clears throat> The first album I've ever bought... <laughs> the first song that I've ever memorized, the first rapper that I've ever called my favorite rapper, uh, Recipes to DMX, man. He's got a very, very special place in my heart. That's the first concert I've ever been to. That's the first. Mine too. You know, there's a lot of shit that ties uh, my life to DMX, uh, his career and shit. First so. album, I, first adult album I was ever allowed to have, which was crazy. Really? Yeah. Um, but, yep, yeah, Recipes DMX. Also, Recipes Chadwick Boseman. Yep, yep, yep. It's, yeah, so many, so, so many. many since the last time we we we've uh had to con the chance to sit down and convene like this. Um but rest in peace to Chad Bo uh, Chad Chadwick Bozeman. Thanks for the water. Yeah, yes, thank you, thank you, need for that. Um but also uh rest in peace to uh 
Michael. K. Williams. K. Williams. Facts. Um, the Omar, so a.k.a. Omar. So many, man. It's, it's been so much. It's kind of, it's insane to think about because, you uh, again, you always take these lives and these people around you and things that you witness. You just, like, you like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll see him again. You know, I'll see him in the next movie. You know, I'll see him, I'll see him, I'm pretty sure he'll reprise a role in something or whatever. But right. it's just these moments that we, we are able to experience them. And I'm just thankful that they were able to share their gifts and their talents with us. Young and, and forgotten. Yes, yes. Well, not forgotten, young not and forgotten, gone. Not forgotten, but yes, but young and gone, yes. So I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that we got a chance to, to live there, to live in their art. Like, that's, that's, it's beautiful. Yes, sir. But um, I, I was, when he passed, when Michael K. Williams passed the other day, or it's been maybe a week now, um, I went and looked at his, uh, what do you call it? Filmography. 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 Where he, I kind of was like expecting to see more roles because he was uh, like such a big figure now. But it wasn't very many roles. So I'm like, damn. So he made a, a kind of a large impact with kind of just The Wire. The Wire. The Wire saved his life. Yeah, he said, cause, yeah, he told that story. I saw a yeah. video of him telling the story about how he was basically, he was, he was like, he was somewhere. Him and Idris Elba. Plan plan uh cards or something. And he was like seeing himself. He was watching an episode of himself on uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. I think he said, or was it The Sopranos? One of the two. And he was like, "I'm fucking up because I'm sitting here in the house, broke, going nowhere, watching myself on TV." So he like, "Shit, clearly I'm doing the wrong thing." So he was like, that kind of inspired him to jump up and he started making phone calls and connections and shit. And started doing auditions. And he said some lady from the wire casting uh, staff called him back. Uh, yeah, gave him that role. And yeah, he was fucked up before that. <coughs> it's, it's, I don't want to say this. What, what he said in one of, the inter one of his interviews, <clears throat> what he said was that <clears throat> he probably doesn't have a lot of filmography uh, and a lot of work and roles because what he made mention to was the fact that a lot of roles get, didn't get tossed his way because of his appearance. Got typecasting. Of course. The typecasting, yeah. And he talked, he spoke out about that. Um, and that was one of the major, one, one of the main um, biggest, I guess, things that he had with the industry was that the, was the fact that he wasn't looked at at the roles for, you know, a broad scope or a broad <clears throat> range of films. We're only looking at you to fit this role, and especially now that you've done The Wire. Oh, yeah. Now that you fit within this, we kind of want to keep you there because that we... Old man, we that's what you known. That's what you're known for. But which is crazy because that big-ass scar across his face seems like they could find a lot of interesting shit for them. It does, yeah. What, gangsters? Villains, it <laughs> seemed like. I mean, right. right. Villains or gangsters? I mean, even then, because then I think that's also the biggest thing where he was like, you know, I'm being typecasted as the bad guy. Yeah. Mm. And so yep. it's like... Right. No. I mean, but even if you look at it like from a standpoint, if he was some, if he was a protagonist, good guy, like, and he was just a warrior or something, it could have made him a swordsman. That's how he got the scar. He could have done anything with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, war yeah. hero. That could have threw him in 300. But they know what the fuck they be doing. Oh, like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Right. He could have been. Well, they wouldn't have had no black people in that army. But, <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, man, that's a. Uh, 
that's very unfortunate that we lost him. But yeah, like I said, I was looking at the filmography. Like, damn, he made a really big impact with uh, the Wire. Now it makes me kind of want to watch the Wire again, just to sort of appreciate that role all over. Right. Because he clearly was the one to take away from the show. Considering that as good as the show was, mm-hmm. as much as he stood out, because mm-hmm. I feel like damn near everybody killed their roles on the show. Damn near. Yeah, but you it's know? like for some reason the the one you remember is Omar. Yeah, man. Like even the saying Omar coming is like mm-hmm. uh, that was a crazy ass role. A gay nigga that's just running around Baltimore fucking niggas you never up. Heard of it? You a, never a, seen as it? A fucking threat as a schoolyard bully. You never seen that in to, film? To Hell, drug no. dealers and. And he just walking around in broad daylight with a trench like, coat on. Trench coat on. Something. Yeah. <laughs> he telling niggas like, yeah, nigga. You know what time it is. <laughs> Run that pack. When you hear- this motherfucker. Yeah. That motherfucker. This motherfucker would just come and just knock on the door. And people, right. niggas throwing, opening up their windows, throwing the pack out. Like, what the fuck no, am Omar. I seeing right now? Exactly. No, niggas yelling out. Omar coming. Omar coming. Yeah. Yes, sir. So this Mike, nigga going to the grocery store to get some motherfucking Honey Nut Cheerios. Man. <laughs> Michael K., we love you, bro. We miss you, man. Yeah, facts. Um, uh, What else? What else uh, is going on right now? Um, I wanted, I did want to shout out the Southwest Fest that I went to, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. I don't remember, but went to the Southwest Fest for anybody from the- That's crazy. Time what? pass. Yeah, it was a week ago, I think. Two weeks, one week, something. I think it was a week ago. I think it was a week. But um, shout out to everybody who was involved in that. It was a great turnout, great show. Uh, for anybody from Detroit, I mean, it wasn't no huge deal, so a lot of people probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but that's the reason I'm mentioning it. For the people that are listening to that are not aware, um, Gabriel, I don't. I think his name is Gabriel Duran, he put on a show. He probably has some uh, collaborators with him. But he went and found sponsors and everything. He found a space down in Southwest at the Senate Theater on Michigan Ave and put on a show, man. He put on a festival for an all-day thing from, like, noon to 11 p.m. or something like that. It was dope as fuck, especially for it to be put on by somebody just from the hood. Like, he just mm-hmm. wanted to do that shit. That's so good. I, I went down. Um, I got there probably 2, 3 o'clock. I was kind of down that day, too, and I was like, uh, one of the things that I've been trying to overcome in this pandemic is kind of, like, fighting that you know, niggas been cooped up in the house, locked away, and it's kind of easy to just lay around and just sort of, like, get yep. stuck in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, I ain't doing shit. I'm not going nowhere. Fuck what everybody's talking about. But I kind of be forcing myself now to get up and uh, get my mind out of that rut. Yeah. So, what was that um, called? Cabin fever? Yeah, Cabin man. Yeah. Basically. Basically. But I forced myself to go there. I, I was glad I did instantly, though, because it was so many people, so much talent in that motherfucker. People with... It was vendors, performers... People painting. It was all kind of shit. And um, <clears throat> I got to see everything that everybody's doing. I didn't make any connections because I wasn't really feeling very uh, business savvy that day. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to do that. Networking. The one hey, thing. Bro, fuck with me. Fuck me on the music tip, dog. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really trying to be on all that. I, I just didn't feel like it. But the one thing that uh, did feel amazing, though, was the fact that I was in a festival with a bunch of artists that know me and revere me. Niggas was legit happy to see me. Like, what? You came out the house, blah, blah, blah. Dang. They was introducing me to everybody. Respect. Like, this is my engineer. This nigga Cole. He the coldest and shit. It was just like, just good to be, you know, what's the, what's the theme song for Cheers? Ice. Which is even funny because you're saying like, you, <clears> you feel like networking, but then it's like, everybody automatically. Yeah. 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 And like it's just off the respect alone. They're just like, yo, this is the nigga. Like, 
that's another thing that's changed for me too within the last two years is that my name has grown a lot larger than it used to be, which is still weird as fuck because people know who I am. It's not like I walk around the street. Niggas don't be calling my name like, oh, I recognize him. But no, it's just more so like within the world of indie music. Yeah, if you know, you know. Niggas know me. And it's kind of weird to have had to bump into that at the festival because niggas was knowing me that I didn't know. Which is, that's not something that's common for me personally, you know what I'm saying? But... It felt good. It pulled me out of the negative space that I was in that day. Get used to. That's good. You know what I'm saying? But um, it was dope. But fuck all of that about me. The dopest thing was, like I said, somebody from the hood just decided they wanted to put their hood on and do something very positive. They even had security and police officers just there protecting and shit, which means that niggas was cool with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You had the cooperation from the city then. I clap yeah, that like up. Yeah, that's, you need more shit like that yeah. out here, man. And that's exactly what I said when I was down there. I was like, dog, they need to do a six-mile fest, a seven-mile fest. Down. It Leave sounds... hood shit alone, man. Let's facts, get out here. Facts, man, because we can get money. You talking about bringing... Here's a, like a socioeconomic aspect to it that people probably don't consider is that if Gabriel Duran said, okay, I'm from Southwest. I know all these niggas. And I got all these connections and all it takes is some elbow grease and some effort to put on something that's dope. Like, imagine what the investors feel about that neighborhood now. Right. right. Yeah. You got, because he had a lot of investors, like big investors. It was, I think it was banks, it was Vector Labs, and it was all kind of people that was just probably throwing money just so he could do everything he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But now, they're probably looking at that neighborhood like, damn, this is, they're capable of doing shit like this, then maybe we need to come down here and put some money here. Right, and this is yeah. the first year, so you know they probably, I bet they like, damn, what's he gonna do next year? Next year, year right? gonna be crazy. And that's what I, I when the future, because I don't know Gabriel, I've mixed his voice because he's a singer as well. Um, so he knows who I am too, but we don't have a relationship. But the few times that I saw him that day, I'm like, man, bro, I hope y'all do this shit forever because it's a good look. Because like I said, like you just said, if, you, this is just the first year, and it had a good turnout. Just imagine what the, you know, niggas going to be looking forward to it, and they're going to bring their people, and it's going right. to be a bigger word. Yeah, which consistency. Is, it's, you're bringing money to your hood, bro. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said. I was like, man, they need to do a fucking six-mile fest, a fucking red zone fest. They need to do everything, even though it sounds hilarious, because these neighborhoods and these areas are dangerous, and it's just like... But you, even in the idea of, like, you know, we got these, like, local superstars that come from these places, and then what... So, like, how they TDE do the TDE Fest yeah, yeah. in Compton all the time. Yeah. And there's, like, a toy drive, a shoe drive, a backpack drive. Like, they, like, it's something. Right. So, and then, you know, they have all the TDE artists come and perform, and they might have people that the TDE artists know. I actually perform. forgot about that. But, yeah. And so, they, like, something like that. Like, you know, Compton is Compton, but it's like they still make sure, like, something can get done in that neighborhood. And that's right. Bloods and Crips coming probably together right. to that yeah. shit. So if they can do that shit. I mean, half of that label is affiliated it's, either yeah, side. Either so side, like, right. You know, it makes it all the, like... On some death row shit. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's a, a good look. I don't want to spend too much time on the topic, but yeah, good shit, Gabriel. Um, Everybody who's... Oh, yeah, and I played that song earlier, this song here. In Privacy Watch, critics say a controversial... This song, Clearview, which is by Suppy. He was one of the artists that performed that day. Oh, uh, okay. Supreme Flows is what niggas probably used to know him as. He's a young nigga, but he's a uh, bona fide fucking star. And I told him that before this show, right? He was one of the headliners. He was one of the... Uh, mainly because I feel like mainly because he knew Gabriel personally. And he's from Southwest. Actually from Southwest. 
So they probably wanted to put the more talented Southwest artists on the main stage. Because there was three stages. There was the one called the Coney stage. Forget the, the second stage. And then the main stage, which was inside the theater, the big stage, they put all like the... There was Tiny Jag was there. Uh, Tiny Jaguar. Curtis Roach was there. Um, somebody else on Gabriel that. performed there. You just get mad when you call them by their government. Uh, Demacio was there, and Gabriel, Gabriel, and Subby performed. But this young nigga, twenty-two years old, tore this motherfucker up. Is he the dude that you? Does he? Does he record with you? Yeah, well, yeah. I feel did. like you told me about him a while ago. Maybe I mixed that song. I mixed his album. He's not out yet. But that was another crazy thing to see him perform as shit that I mixed. Mm-hmm. That's you actually. And now you touched. get to hear it. I had never seen that before. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Ooh. That was the first time. But he tore that bitch up. I couldn't believe what I was seeing because we walked in the theater. I went to another show and came back. When we walked into the theater, he had just started his set, and like, I'm thinking it's just gonna be some bullshit because this is sort of just like a little small local fest. But like, he lit that bitch up like he was a real star. Like he played it like it was. Nigga, like it yeah. was a like it was a big stage, like and was niggas was jumping around and screaming and jumping and singing his music like they knew it mm. for a thousand years. I couldn't believe That's what love. I was seeing. Energy. So when he got off stage, he came and hollered at me and shit. I'm like, bro, I don't know if you know it, <laughs> but you are a fucking star, nigga. You know what I'm saying? A hundred thousand percent. And he was like, man, I appreciate it, appreciate it. Niggas being humble and shit, but yeah, man, I I really enjoyed that, and I really uh. Hope they continue to do this shit for many years to come. But anyway, we can move on. Uh, we got a few things. I don't know what y'all want to talk about next. I mean, if you want to stay in the vein of music, we could we could stay there. We we've had some, we've had time to uh, to to digest sit with and digest some musical art pieces and some musical work that has come that have come out uh, in the past weeks. Uh, much anticipated, highly anticipated. <laughs> uh, Drake album. Certified so, lover boy. Certified Wait. lover boy. CLB. I, I fucking hate that name. Oh, certified boy. lover boy. What is with you niggas running to go and get hearts cut in your head? <laughs> Please explain to me why. Hey, COVID did this. You shit would tomorrow. go. You I'm would lying. go <laughs> and go and get hearts cut in your fucking head. They want to be certified off of Drake. Calling himself a certified lover yeah, boy. Yeah, y'all niggas need to relax. Look, um, I'm going to just go and give my two cents. The, the album, uh, it was it was very mid. <laughs> That's not what Damn. I thought you were about to say. It was very mid for me. Wow. Um, I expected, when you're talking about Drake, you're expecting him to come in with all the bells and whistles, right? I'm expecting, and it's been, when was his last album? What was his last album? Like? Well, uh, the Dark Lane Dark demo tapes was demo last year. I don't, last, I don't even want to count that. That was considered like a mix. Yeah, I don't even want to count but, that. But uh, Scorpion was before that one. I think that was 2018. Okay, so it's been three years since we've ha- had an, a legit project, highly anticipated from Drake. And he called it, he called it Certified Lover Boy, but I don't, I don't see the theme. I didn't hear the theme in the music. You know why? Which was weird to me. You know why you ain't see the theme? Why? Because he's not good at making concept albums. Uh, I never thought about that. He does not have that, which is why I keep saying that. Like, yeah, he's a dope artist. He's amazing. He's world-renowned. He's the biggest artist in the world, in fact. He's a vibe curator. Yeah, he is. But I don't give a fuck, bro. Your albums don't sell me, which is the type of uh, listener that I am. Right. 
which is why Kendrick is so important to me because you put mm. on Good Kid, Mad City. It's like, nigga, I can't even stop. I can't even go inside of my job because I can't stop. Right. Like, I'm trying to hear this story through. It's an hour-long album. It's a story from the front to the end. And he's talking about Shireen, talking about his homeboy getting killed, talking about the old lady he was talking to on the steps when they told him, y'all niggas ain't got to be out here doing this shit. Uh -huh. And then he talking about some dying of thirst and running and whatever the name of that song was and shit. It was like every song served a purpose. Same with uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. He's talking about depression, dealing with the imposter syndrome type shit he's going through, dealing with success and not knowing what the fuck to... Now he's he's feeling the survivor's remorse. His homies being dead and him still being here. Then he's being interviewed by Tupac at the end. And it's like, what mm -hmm. the fuck is... Or he's interviewing Tupac, rather. It's like, whether you even... That's, that's the thing. When Tupac Butterfly came out, I didn't really like it that much, right? But then you yeah. hear the, the story... Um, I had to get used to it. I was a young nigga and it was jazzy and I was like, this is not what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. But now it's one of my favorite albums of all time. You know what I'm saying? But it just had to, I had to adjust my ears because I was listening with nigga ears expecting something different. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious too. Negro ears. But I don't want to turn this segment into something about Kendrick, but I'm only saying this to juxtapose against Drake and his inability to make a themed album. Now, my homeboy, Edward, his theory is that it's because he has to cater to so many different types of listeners and genres. I don't believe that. I don't subscribe to that because, like we just said, you're the biggest star in the fucking world right At now. At this point in time, he can do whatever the fuck you can he do want. whatever the fuck you want to do. Nigga, we, wait, we was waiting on you to say something. Honestly, I was waiting <laughs> on I was waiting on you to say some, something uh, with this album. Detroit-type beats. I, uh, we, we got, we've been Lucy to death. We've been Lucy to death over the past two years. I was waiting <laughs> on you to come in here and actually put your fucking heart on the table and stick a knife next to that bitch and be like, this is what I've been bleeding the last, the last when y'all ain't seen me. This is what I've been working on. This one, this is what I've been working on in the shadows when you ain't seen me. This is all the shit that I wanted to come in here and talk about. The funny Maybe thing he's is, a grassy guy. He's really an actor. He's a he doesn't really have a... Uh... I, I think, I don't know if his, maybe he thinks that he he doesn't need to to go that personal or go that in depth with how he feels because that's the that's we're really talking about night and day with him and Kendrick right in that in that aspect I would say so Kendrick puts his fucking everything out on the table for full display when he goes into an album you're also talking you're about seeing Kendrick now. right you're seeing him for the person he is with Drake all right we gonna you get a couple of dance tracks right. We gonna get a couple of the Lucys. We gonna get a couple of tracks with you and some of the most, some of the most popular hip hop we artists. Have one I don't care about Drake hard. and Future. I don't care about I, Drake and Future. Sexy for my, uh, sexy for my. Uh. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. All right. So, um, I don't give a fuck about that either. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired of it. We had a whole album of that yes. and more after and that. more. I'm tired of him working with Future too. I, I felt Joe when he was saying that. Um, but I don't want to steal his take. But I did strongly agree. Like I don't need to hear this. Show. Somebody said I don't want to. Listen, they have to be like. I, uh, I didn't want to hear tones. him and anybody. Right. I would be fine if Drake came out with an album and didn't have anyone else on it. Facts. I would have been perfectly. That's what I wanted. Yeah, because that's, first of all, nigga, it's been mad long for an artist of your stature. It's been three years since you put out an album, yes. so that's kind of a long time. Yes. It's kind of standard for him, but at the it's, same time, those breaks be long as fuck for people who really listen to you, which I don't. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, he's good, of course. He's great. He's great, actually. 
But I don't, I'm not a fan of his albums at all. You know what I'm saying? You almost can't like but to help, you almost can't help but to like something from this nigga because, first of all, he makes Touching so everything. much music. Right. Yeah, this nigga yeah. do everything. So yeah. you're going to find something in this nigga catalog that you fuck with. And I listen to him a lot kind of casually, but I don't ever go and look for him because it's just not my vibe. I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm looking for a totally different sound. Sexy. Yeah. No, I, I hate that song so much. <laughs> um, but I ain't mad at it. I will. I, this is my take on the album. I, I thought it was boring as fuck, right? But I won't lie, and I will admit that the longer I listen to it, some of this shit started growing on me. And it was in... It was in a sort of way where it's like, yeah, I could tolerate this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some of this shit. But it wasn't, it didn't blow me away. But you know how you hear something that you like, oh no, I gotta run that back. Yeah. After after as soon as the track goes off, you're like, no, no. I don't care what's next after this. <laughs> I gotta hear that again. Right. There was nothing on there aside from no. the, the Yebba. Yeah. Go aside ahead. from the, the Yebba that. track. Say that. How much better? We gonna stop. We gonna stop talking to listen to this shit. Hold on. That should have been four minutes long. Hey, this bitch play piano? She's playing that? No, I don't think she was playing that. But she does. She does and she does play instruments. So look, I want this cold. Yeba cold blood. It's Yeba over Adele. I said that. That's my take. Hey, look, but that's funny. (laughs) See, so we clearly think the same way because the moment that I found out who she was, me and you was talking about it. Yeah. We was leaving from the movie theater. Yep. And uh or we was in the movie theater, whichever one, but I was talking about how. I had no idea who this woman was, but this clearly was my favorite song from the album, mm-hmm. which is weird because he's not on it. Right. He just kind of let it. Wow. Now, I won't underplay. Wow. 
I won't. <laughs> I won't under. <laughs> I won't undermine his artistry because I know I know how albums come together. So right. he probably has something to do with something this. Something to do with he it. He might have right. helped her write it. He might have cure. He mean even the fact that he curated it to put it on his album. Yeah, uh, says that he at least recognized what the fuck this is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Is this a track or is this an outro or some shit? It's, it's just in the middle of the album. It's in the middle of the album. It's placed right there, slap dead in the middle. He just it's got this woman doing a song on his album. Yep. Her name is Yeva. I had never knew who wow. she was until this album came out. And she just dropped the album yesterday yeah, or two days did. ago. She um, did, yeah. Which makes me think, like, yeah, she that paid handsomely yeah. to put this on his album. Yep. That's <laughs> she, what I was thinking, too, when her album dropped. <laughs> I was definitely I, thinking that. Considering who he is, I'm pretty sure he did not pay her for this. No. She she paid. No, yeah. That's my that's my guess. But yeah. um especially because Even his, though after hearing that, I definitely would have paid her to put that shit on there. Like yeah. you can definitely because that was the like I said, that was the highlight of the album. To me? To me and for me too. See, but look, I don't think Dang. everyone feels like that because I don't think I don't at, either. At least at the very least, me and you are the fact that we do music. Right. We're listening to this with different ears, with the emotion and the right. the, the musical aspect. Where most niggas strings yeah. and connected to the the instrumentation and connected to everything. So well, a lot I, of people don't give a fuck about that. That's true. That's what I'm saying. That's that, and that and that's the difference. That right. plays right with what you're saying. Wasn't knocking. I, just, right. Yeah. Exactly. Ain't no drums. No and drums. Shit. Right. No. Yeah. That's so. That's a lot right. of people are probably like, "What is this shit?" Right. But, Right. But no, that's a beautiful piece of music, and it yeah, was literally amazing. My favorite song on that album, and uh, I'm a fan of her now. This is a white woman, yeah, but it's white cool. Woman, it's cool. Like she don't sound like she. Well, I haven't heard enough, but I take it is she foreign? Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm about to say. Foreign. She, I, she I can't be from say, here. I, yeah, I, she's foreign. She got something in her voice. Yeah. You could just that hear music it. Music kind of sounds. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say Brazilian or something. If, if you go and listen to her album. Her album is very eclectic sounding. Like it's, it mm. doesn't. It's not. It. It's a set of music. When you're listening to it, you're the whole time you're questioning like, what is this? What am I listening to? You cop. I didn't. I didn't. Well, you know, I have title, so oh. I just went and listened to Nobody it. Nobody buys top. anything anymore. Um, oh. So Damn. no, some, some no, no. Do. People still buy. I'm an old motherfucker. iTunes, they cop it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you have people that still are are hell bent on buying music that they want to buy. But look, purchase. after what just happened to Fat Joe, I I might adopt the same thing because they literally snatched his album down. It's like you might not ever hear that bitch again. Really? Yeah, but the people who bought it get to keep it because they bought it. Oh, uh, wow. you know what I'm saying? I don't know what happened with that. I think it was some legal shit, but he ended up having to snatch that album down. I don't know. But um, anyway, this this Drake album um. I think, like Joe said, Joe Button on his podcast said it was a major oversight for him not to let this song be longer. And it, he did say that. And yes. what I said, what we said, yes, was that he fucked up by not getting on the song. By not, yes, dude. How this? And how you sing, you not, nigga. How do you not get on this and do your Drake shit and do the the thing that you your certified lover boy? But shit. he even could have rapped on this just Anything. the piano. You know how Drake do? Get on this shit with some poetic words, right? Do what you do, nigga. This is your this is your shit. Like this damn near would have would have tipped the scales for me a little bit if yeah, he would have rapped on that. Yes, yes. But the fact that he's not even present on the song kind of at makes all. It, like this shit don't even count. Yeah. <laughs> how can you? <laughs> like you said, I'm pretty sure he has something to do with with its um, conception, but to what extent, we'll never know because he's not fucking on it at all. Right. So, <laughs> what the fuck? He might have helped the writer because he is a writer. Niggas forget that. 
Um, but he might not have had a goddamn thing to do with Sometimes the song. Sometimes it too. is like a curational thing. So like yeah. how Skepta has is it Skepta? Somebody has like a a, a solo song on uh There's an artist who had another nigga do his intro. Yeah. I can't remember who that was. I want to say it was Rick Ross or somebody. Yeah, he could have just he could have just simply conceptualized it. Like, all right, I have an idea for this. Like a I have an idea type of thing. Exactly. I have an idea. This is how I don't I'm not sure all the pieces where they fit yet, but this is That's the overall scheme of what I want this to sound like. That's something like. I That's would do. That's why I asked, was that an outro or something? It sounds like it. It does sound it like an outro. You in that, it's a it does interlude. sound like an outro. No, that bitch is like in the or middle of the album. Yeah, either way. Or something. Intro. Oh, yeah. that would have been a cold-ass intro. That would have been a cold-ass intro. intro. He fucking up. I, that's what I... Listen, I just... This was the intro right here. That should have been the... And I ain't gonna lie, this beat grew on me. I've been hot since the birth of my son. I remain unfazed, trust worse has been done. Man, fuck evaluation, show me personal funds. It's the pretty boys versus the petty boys. Sold that already, got a whole new set of toys. Shit is so surreal, Drizzy Drake, you better enjoy it. Nothing else bigger than the OVO Letterman boys. Cashmere nets for the nighttime boat rides. Ollie got the first edition part up roadside. The only sign of struggling is coming from those guys. I'm trying to just relay what I can see through my own eyes. And nothing tell the truth like the eyes will. Live so much for others, don't remember how. I think there's a beat transition here somewhere, but you get the gist. It's just... Yeah. It's not a horrible intro because he's just from him. The, what I expect from his intros is rap, like right. get your shit off, right? And he did that, right? If you listen to Tuscan Leather, which is like one of the greatest intros to me from uh, what album was that? If, uh, nah, nah, it not was, if you're reading this. It was the one before. Nothing, nothing was the same. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, it was like three beats in one song. And he just rapping through that bitch, like just getting his shit off, which is what I come to expect from him now for an intro. And intro is a very important thing. But you're talking about Certified Lover Boy is the title of your album, fam. Like, you could have started it off with that Yeva shit. You should have started it off That'll put nigga right in the mode. Right, yeah. right in the mode, right? Like, oh, and you could have followed that up with whatever you had that in your basket that you wanted to. But I think he but, fucked up with this album because the fucking songs don't even sound like the title of the album at all. That, that, and that's what I was saying. You named, you called it Certified, Certified Lover Boy, but yet nothing on this album, none of the tracks coincide with the actual title. And that's so... Why? Where did you come up with this name from? for this So from? here's what I think happened. I think this is a consistent theory within certain people. Drake has become like the butt of the joke of hip-hop for a very long time. Like, ever since his past few albums, like, he's kind of been in this weird constant beef with Pusha T, with Kanye West. And more Wayne. So with Kanye West. I mean, not Wayne. Uh, who am I trying to say? Birdman? Never mind. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Uh, but, you know, he's been in this weird space as far as, like, music. Because people are just like, either you're going to make music that ignores what's happening, or you're going to address what's happening. Where it's like you've been constantly, constantly disrespected by these people. Push the team forced you to tell people you had a kid. And then right, right. now you have Kanye like doing these slick shots at you. Kanye had a beat that you wanted. And he's like, poop to scoop, whoop to scoop. And, you know, now you he can't. He wanted that beat? Apparently, that's the, that's the situation with that beat. What? The, that's why yourself. he did that? So Lift Yourself is supposed to be a song where Drake wanted the beat or wanted to do something with that. And then Kanye released Lift Yourself. Essentially, it's like a diss song. Because he's just like, you can't use this anymore. What is the beef that Kanye has with Drake? It's ego, bro. That's it. Because Kanye wants to be who he is. There was some explanation, but it's confusing. I think it does 
partially stem from the Pusha T thing, but then I think it's more. No, it was going on before that though. They had tension. Kanye is obsessed with Drake, bro. He's always mentioned him. If you go back to 2013 when he was on the Breakfast Club, he kept talking about Drake. I think it's like obsessed with him. Like I like this dude, and then it turned into I can't stand this dude. It's the same reason that he talks about. So is it like? A love thing, but Drake won't respect him enough and give him enough praise no, and won't they work was, with him enough. They Drake has cool. also been very vocal about his love and admiration for Kanye West. But yeah, they they were cool. I mean, I, th- I still personally think a lot of this shit is fake and staged, but that's another theory. Both the albums is dropping. Yeah, like I feel like they was just tag teaming this shit to drive up conversation for both of them because Karen Civil reported mad long ago that they been was cool. And niggas just don't know that. You also gotta remember who Kanye West is, though. Because sometimes I wouldn't put shit past Kanye West, especially with him being who he is. But look, my theory is this. Um, as far as their beef, uh, the at least the tension in it itself, is that it's the same reason you hear Kanye, he was always talking about Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, uh, the niggas from Louis and all of them other places that he worshipped, right? And, and Steve Jobs and Andy Warhol and... Drake is that. To him, right? Not to me. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying to him. I mean, nobody's ever done what Drake has done. Right. But the problem is... The way he did it, too. And the way he did it and how fast. He's a young nigga. Yeah. He's my age, bro. He kicked in the door and stayed on the top floor. We're talking about a 33-year-old who has achieved more than all of these niggas. Mm -hmm. And then he's also, like, the the child in, in sense to the person who considered himself like <laughs> and, the greatest rapper. And then the nigga said, on top of on top of those accomplishments and achievements, then the nigga went and said, yeah, pretty much there's nobody else up here but, yeah. but me and I Jeff. know you ain't on the top because I would have seen you or something. Yeah, said. so... <laughs> but my theory is that he looks at Drake as one of those, like, he's one of those, like, he's one of the heads of the of the beast, right? And he has to cut him right. off. But he's a contemporary. He can't respect this nigga because they live in the same era. Right. Kanye West wants to be that. Right. And he can't be that. Because Drake... Seat, Kanye's seat is being... Like, Kanye's already on his way down. I, I mean, not creatively, but I'm mm. saying as far as... He's an old nigga now. He's right. a legacy act now. Yeah. You know That's what I'm saying? True. The nigga has been around for 25 years. That's true. People don't know that. Right. But he was around in Bad Boy when Biggie was alive. <laughs> yeah. He was a producer, bro. And now he's been making music. His album, his solo career is 20 years old or 17 years old. He put out College Drop or whatever the shit. Well, because he had the mixtapes before. And that, right. So we're talking about he's on his way down as far as him being able to like be meteoric he's he's not gonna be meteoric people already know who he is and they're already kind of like whatever i think him in itself is meteoric i would argue but i mean he's a great person don't get me wrong because he's making strides that other niggas haven't made too but i kind of feel like my theory is just that like he's looking at drake like this nigga is doing everything that i want to do as far as popularity and being that nigga right and also i think it's also the fact that he's constantly on this like tirade of like I paved the way for a Drake like there wouldn't be a Drake without me and then Drake was like Drake was probably arguing like there could have been let me just put it to you like this it's easy for KD to show love to Jordan because those are two different errors right Right. he doesn't have to go up against that shit right you don't have to face that he's not gonna talk about LeBron the way he would talk about Jordan because they are fighting each other you're my contemporary you're my contemporary fuck you nigga yeah 
But if KD was a, a young nigga, that's true. He would probably look at LeBron that's the same true. way a fucking Trey Young might that's look true. at LeBron. Yeah, so like, I mean, shit, even we witnessed this, but like how like the balls couldn't really say anything because their dad would be like, no, fuck, blah, 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 blah. He's better than blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, no, nah, I think he kind of cool. And they're like, no, nah, he not cool. You about to play against him. Right, but it's like, nigga, I'm young. I'm not. Yeah, it was like, so his kids couldn't be like, oh, I fuck with Kobe. He'd be like, no, 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 fuck Kobe. Right. Any nigga who had to play against Kobe, do not fuck with Kobe. Just the same way you look at like Patrick Ewing. He don't fuck with Jordan or he don't fuck with none of these niggas because I had to play this nigga. Yeah, but I had to face that on a nightly basis. Nigga. Anybody who comes after that is like, yeah, Jordan is the God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how I feel. Or even like, have you ever seen The Last Dance? Like, yeah. Even when they were interviewing all these different people and they're just like, Fuck Jordan, but at the same time, he was He's, that he's nigga. the nigga, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's why it is fuck Jordan. That's what I feel like is going on with Kanye and Drake, because I think Drake is just obsessive about everything success, which is why he's always talking about Steve Jobs, always talking about Walt Disney. He's always talking about these people he look up to as gods, but this one particular person is a contemporary of his that he has to compete with. Or admit that this I. person e. is like Drake just on that sold tier. double what Kanye just sold in this last week. So I asked, did Drake did six hundred thousand. Kanye did three hundred and some thousand. Three hundred five thousand. I mean, but I knew that, right? Yeah, this is the we biggest artist we've ever seen, bro. Yeah. As far as far as rap, I mean, not yeah. let's not forget general, who Mike yeah. is. But I'm talking about Numbers Drake. Wise. Drake in hip hop is like mm. the biggest shit we've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he up there with M and Pac at this point. But um, you know, I don't know what the fuck the beef is beyond that. I don't know what's going on. Niggas saying that he done fuck Kim Kardashian. <laughs> um, I don't believe none of that shit, to be honest. I think a lot of that shit is just Hollywood bullshit. Um, and it's I think a lot of it is girly as fuck, too. But then didn't he not just... Didn't Kanye, like, leak Drake address or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah supposedly. But uh, don't you think everybody know where Drake lives by now? Exactly. Yeah. That's what they said. Probably. Like, really. nigga, everybody in Toronto know where this nigga I mean, live everybody at. Everybody probably know... Everybody, everybody's address... It's not that hard to find motherfuckers these days. So, probably. So what, do, so what do we think about the Kanye album? This is what I've been waiting for. Ooh. What, what, what do we think about... on the edge of his seat. What do we think about the I really like the, the artistic album? value behind it, but I also have a a non-artistic idea of what it is. So, some of the album is okay. Uh, it makes sense if you've seen the Dame Dash uh, like interview movie thing that he did where he was talking about meeting Kanye in Wyoming and like how Kanye was running his compound. And I don't know if I saw that. Basically, to sum everything up, Dame was like, it's really fun being here because all Kanye wants to do is create stuff. It doesn't matter like the true quality i mean it's gonna they want it to be good but it's not so tedious mm -hmm. to where they're just like it has to be this 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 and so it's like uh he was like constantly making music in the in the documentary there's a moment where he's just like y'all want to make a movie and they're just like yeah we'll make a movie and kanye's trying to make a movie in like three days we don't know what the movie looks like but he was like he had these people was like yeah can y'all write a script by uh tonight <laughs> and like send it to me tomorrow morning or something like that and like you know it just this childlike idea of like creating things so on some Michael Jackson shit yeah, kind of that's what it sounds but like but less perfectionist about it um but with this album I feel like he was a little bit more perfectionist about it um it sounds like he he knew what he was doing 
It sounds very uh, focused to me. It sounds like a melding of the two processes. It sounds like re- like refining something, but also uh, spur of the moment creation, spur of the moment, whatever. So it's like how we got like, you know, jail part two or jail, you know, whatever. And like, or this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just hold on. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. Hold on. Some 80s B-boy shit right there. <laughs> right. No, he about to come kill all y'all niggas. Just, it's, it, he got to build up to it first. Right now, he doing the slow Michael Myers walk. <laughs> no more promos. No more photos. No more logos. No more chocos. We on Bezos. We get payrolls. Trips to Legos. Connect like Legos. Make this final. Make this my eyes closed. Burn false idols. Jesus, disciples. I can feel your pain now. I done bled my vein now. New level the game now. Stimulation change. No more problems. No more argue. No more asking who really are you. I know the real you. You know we feel you. You know he hears you. You know we with you. Straight from Beirut, Chicago, Beirut, Ukraine. We pray to you. Pray, we pray to never too late for him save you this show movie cuz no one could play you devil lay down devil lay down this that level make devils pray now hold up no peace hold up police don't call police just stay focus pray for new life pray for new breath hey lord make sure it's safe for who's left know you can't find a place to rest hold up I just had to. I just had to play that. But yeah, there's there's twenty fucking seven songs on the album or something like that. Yeah, I think so. A lot of them. I think four of them are um, just reiterations of four other songs. So it's really like twenty three songs. Yeah. But man, um, I kind of felt like like so this was supposed to be a clean album, so he could classify it as a gospel album. It's a lot of uh, uh, biblical and spiritual uh, subject matter and references on Mm -hmm. the album. Which is what his, what's amazing to me uh, is that he was able to stay true with, because he was saying this for that last album, um, which was called what? Yandi. It was called what? Yandi. Yandi, right? And then he was like, yeah, I'm on some new spiritual gospel stuff. I don't want to cuss. And I was like, he going to abandon that for this album. But he didn't. He didn't have no curse words on the album. Um, he well, was talking. Was, but they were edited. They were edited out, right? And then he's talking about. He didn't curse. I don't think at all. He said niggas. And oh, he I mean, did. I think there is some other stuff. Uh, he said. Uh, I think he said something about like all these rap niggas on my dick or something like that. But okay, okay. There was cursing from him, but it was also edited out. Okay, but it okay. wasn't as. But I was kind of impressed that he was able to stick to that and actually make this album sound the way that it does because I ain't never heard, we ain't never seen this before. You know what I'm saying? Whether you like the album or not, you ain't never seen this shit before. Because by, we talk, by seeing this, what you mean? See, uh, a nigga be this big, successful, right? And then to make this a... angry and vocal? A hard left turn, and then make an album that's essentially a clean album. Oh. And not be corny. Oh. Is what I'm saying. Like, okay. 
that's what I was expecting when he was saying that he was going to go on this journey of being super clean and spiritual and gospel uh, type the, shit. And the Fresh Prince. But he didn't make it corny. Because, yeah, Will Smith is corny to me. Ha <laughs> like, ha. Like the new Will Smith shit. He's, oh. I mean, I love it, but it's corny. You know what I'm saying? Like the first shit he dropped. No, 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 that's hard. But I'm talking about when he was doing Wild Wild West. Like, nigga, that's corny as fuck, bro. But it's cool. Right. So now I expect the Kanye to become corny. But what I'm saying is he was able to somehow I mean, I'm not surprised because it's Kanye. So he knows how to be creative. Because he's a producer. Right. He's a he's a he's a he's a creative. So he knows what to do. But I was expecting him to kind of fumble because it's kind of hard to make an entire album where you can make shit aggressive and then not be able to say nothing aggressive. But see, see, no, 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 no. Aggressive stuff. See, I don't, I don't want us, I don't, and I'm not saying y'all trying to do that, do, trying to do this, but I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to just gloss over the fact that he was able to do this and then be like, oh, but it's Kanye. But no, it's Kanye. Like, I need niggas to understand how difficult it is to come from the era where he came from, like you saying, and then step into this era and still be successful and still try stay true to himself in the way that he produces music. This nigga is a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're living, what do we, we, what do we say? This nigga, he's one of them. Yeah, he one of them, bro. He's one of them. But we're I think living, that comes we're living with the, in a the time saying of, it's where, Kanye. He's one of them. He He's one of them. them. He's a Mike. I know a lot of people said they didn't like this album. And a lot of uh, a lot of people who fuck with more of the Drake song was saying they don't really fuck with this album. Right. But I just think it caters to a different ear. Like, uh, that's the same thing that they were saying on the J- Joe Budden podcast where they were saying, you know, niggas who really like into music is probably going to lean more to this Donda shit because we're talking about a producer yeah. put together an album. Bro. Yeah. That's what he do. He put together a whole bunch of sounds that sound like they make sense together, and it sound good as fuck. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then I on the other say, side, you're talking about just a rap nigga who just picking beats, and he's a writer. Don't don't let me underestimate or let me under speak for him because he's good at what he do too. But it's nothing like a Quincy Jones being in the room, right? right, right versus right. a motherfucking. Michael being in the room. Right. Mike gonna do what he gonna do, but Quincy Jones is the one that's gonna bring it all together. That's gonna make it. Cause you can't fuck with a nigga who know what he's doing, bro. Yeah. You can't. Uh, he's actually like a composer and right. knows music. You can't and so fuck he with can that. Quite literally make things move together. It's like the difference between like uh, somebody that can play uh, like trumpet and then Miles Davis. Right. Because Miles Davis was like very technical and like Miles Davis often uh, was quick, like a quick thinker. And so uh, I remember, I forget who it was, but it was a jazz musician saying that he was playing with Miles and he played the wrong note. And Miles immediately played the wrong note too. To but adjust. Yeah, but it was like the note that came for that note that he just played wrong. So he's going like, duh, 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 and then Miles is like, duh, and you know, like he makes it work. And so I think it's just the... Yeah, when you went in the room with one of them ones, you know it, nigga. Yeah, here's, like, one, here's one of the things that I learned about Kanye. And this is part of the genius, too, because even if you don't have the ability to play all of the instruments, but if you have the mind to where you know what sound you want that musician to play and you know where it needs to be and you can orchestrate everything and bring it all together, do you know how crazy that is? That's that's fucking nuts. 
Right. To be able to orchestrate and point out, all right, I don't know how to play the violin, but I know what sound I, w- I need to come out of that violin, and I know where I need to put that. I that's, just, that's, that's what type of level of fucking magic and wizardry are we talking about? So I just learned <laughs> something really interesting the other day. So I forget her name immediately off the top of my head, but the lady that composed the score for Cowboy Bebop, she did not play any of those instruments at all. But she knew how to score and write, and she knew how she wanted things to sound. Right. And so everything, even from the intro to right, but she did not play any of those instruments. Right. She hadn't played instruments for a very long time. She didn't go to school for it. Right. And I just, she scored I, all that. I just saw some. I think it was in a movie or something like that, where a guy was talking to a little young boy. And he was telling them he didn't know how to play instruments, but he was telling them, like, close your eyes and imagine what in the world makes that sound mm. to replicate that mm-hmm. instrument and find that as opposed to right. this. Right. And it'll be more real and more, more of a unique sound. Like, damn, I it was in a movie or some shit like that, but it's along the same lines of what y'all talking about. Even if you can't play those instruments, know how to replicate that sound and put it right where it needs to be. In the documentary for Quincy Jones, uh, just to make this point real quick, they was talking about how he composes. And most composers are sitting at a piano so that they can have the reference for these notes. Mm-hmm. So they say, I want to be, I want this shit to be in the key of F. I want this note here. So they'll just have the key. They'll be playing, they'll be writing at the keyboard just to have those keys in front of them. But they, I'm sure a lot of composers do this, so it's probably not just unique to Quincy Jones, but they were saying when he writes music, sheet music, we talking about, he's not at a piano. He writes it out the notes he's on just, the... Uh... He's just at a table. Right. Which means he got all this shit up here. He don't even need no piano. He's just writing, which means... I'm saying all this to say that you have certain people that have that talent to where they just know what sounds they mm-hmm. want to come together, which makes you a what? A producer, a genius, and a producer. That's what producers do. They don't necessarily even have to have the skill set. All they need to know, it's almost like a motherfucker who can synergize a team. You know what I'm saying? I might not be able to do shit that y'all do. Right. The fucking Avengers would not be the same without Nick Fury because that nigga is the reason that all these pieces He's the producer. Right. It's the same thing with Kanye. I heard uh, one of the arguments was like, why does this nigga have so many features on this album? Well... He's not a rapper. Right. He knows what he wants this album to sound like. So if he's in an era where he can appreciate all of these niggas who could do what they do, Lil Yachty, Lil Baby, Drake, mm-hmm. whether it be Big Sean or Wale mm-hmm. or whoever he might have, he know, oh, this nigga voice would sound dope on this beat. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't do it because mm-hmm. I can't rap that well, but he would sound good on here. Let me call this nigga and get him on this motherfucking song. And then he presents an album. A lot of people is getting too caught up in this rap idea of what an album is. An album is literally just a presentation of a bunch of shit. Right. An LP. It's like a a photo album. Right, a gift to the world. If I make a photo album, that don't mean I got to be in every picture. Absolutely. Or you you even have to be a photographer. Or or you don't even have to take all of these pictures. You have an idea of what you want, how you want it assembled. And you sending it out there. That's you what package I, it and putting it out there. See, but back in the 70s, uh, the reason that a lot of rap fans don't really understand that concept is because back in the 70s, when uh, in other genres, 
That's what music would be like. It's the same reason that Drake had Yeba on this random ass song on his album. It's because he's putting together an album. It doesn't matter if I'm on a song. I'm just putting something dope that all sounds good together. Whether you agree with it is up to you. Right. Or like but how like old albums will have like features from like, oh, we got old boy from the Gap Band in here and we got right. this drummer from here. Because I know what this nigga is capable of doing. You might listen to a Chick Korea album and then he might have Bob James just do a song on his shit and he don't even have nothing to do with it. Or he might, he might play an instrument on it. But it's not about that. It's about the collaborative effort, and it's about the bigger picture, which is the album. Or like because the like song, Pharrell Saunders in a like in a song, and he played a like you know sax or whatever, and having like these right. And that's what shit used to be. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I might listen to an Ohio Player song, and they might have a nigga from another group or a woman from another group singing lead because that's what I wanted on this song. Yeah, right. It she's happens all the, the group, time. She's worked with all the groups, right. right? But then in rap, we have this big. Bravado thing where we like, oh, this nigga got to show up on this album. And he got to write all it's the bars himself, you. and mm. yeah, that's like, idiomatic. bro, that's not what music is about. Music yeah. is much deeper than that, and it's much bigger than that. Especially when you're talking about presenting an album to the world, the album is supposed to be about the 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 gathered experience. You're bringing a bunch a bunch of sounds together that sounds good, which is why Westside Gun is a genius too. But niggas don't know that yet. But I'm going to tell y'all because I recognize it in them. Because he's a curator. He's a curator. He, he just, even said that. He just was in an interview the other day and they like, why do you be letting niggas smoke you on your own songs? He like, nigga, I don't give a fuck hey, about that shit. He didn't want to be a rapper. He, he said he wanted to step back away from rap. Nigga, I was the motherfucking the manager of the, the fucking... This is what I do. His cousin and his... Uh, yeah. What is he? His brother? Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. His brother. Tomorrow. Conway tomorrow. Yeah. Con and Benny. Yeah. And he's like, I was just managing them and then... I started rapping, yeah. but he like, nigga, I don't give a fuck if you smoke me on my song. That's why I came and got the verse from you. Because I want you to do That's what the what fuck you do. Yeah. Niggas is like, I'm going to take the verse off the song if he do better than me. Why did you pay this nigga $10,000 to do this verse All then? Right. I'm trying to get you the best experience when you come listen to my album. And that's what that's what, that's what what Westside Gun said. He like, nigga, I want this nigga to do as good as he can on this album because it's on my album. My face is on the cover of this bitch. Right. I'm not worried about this nigga out-rapping me on this song. That's some bullshit. And do you know why that's fucking great? Because way too many times, too many of you niggas let your ego get in the way of music. Yes. And that's not what this shit is about. And that's why when niggas was talking about the Drake shit with Quentin Miller, uh, right, ghostwriting for him, I was like, on, on one end, I'm like, this nigga need to stop saying that he's the best. Because you're not the best if somebody else is writing for you, as far as lyrically, I'm saying. But... The producer and me understood that this is just part of the game. Yeah, right. and then even if you want to get deeper into it, hip-hop has became pop music. Drake is a pop artist. Right. Pop artists have writers. They have writers, and he's a writer. I already know what his pen do. Right. So I'm not even tripping off that. He just recognized greatness in this Quentin Miller shit, but he could do it much better than Quentin Miller because guess what? When I heard those Quentin Miller uh, reference tracks, that shit was not the same, nigga. Mm-hmm. None of it ever is. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. This song is not as good with you doing it, but mm-hmm. you wrote it, and then Drake said, damn, that's dope. Give I want that to change. To me. Yeah, give that to me, which is what curation is. Yes, yes. And then it's also <laughs> became more of a thing now because then you can hear um, a lot of people have done it. A lot of newer artists do it now. So Baby Keem has done it. Uh, Don Tolliver has done it. Travis Scott has done it. And that's just like a thing. I mean, even Kanye West did it with 
I mean, in a sense, with sicko mode. Look at sicko mode. This nigga. I mean, tra- I mean, um, what am I trying to say? Travis song. Travis did his shit, his thing on the song, but we all know it wouldn't have been the same if Drake wasn't on that bitch. Mm-hmm. Do you think Travis Scott gives a fuck? It's his song. Nigga, this is what I wanted. I and wanted he this. Wanted it, he wanted like that's the effect. Like even when people, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> even when uh like people hear uh sicko mode for the first time and you just hear yeah, Astro. Like everybody's just like, oh my god, it's Drake. Because you know he's not. I don't think he's credited on there. But you know, like that's the 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 bigger thing. Go ahead, y'all keep going. Yeah, I was watching um, The Shop. You ever seen The Shop, uh, Everhart? The that Shop? The show where it's like LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, uh, I've, seen a f- I've seen a few snippets from it. So he had, um, he had, what's that, what's the, what's the Chaldean dude? On oh, The, the Shop? Best. Oh, oh, DJ uh, Khaled. Khaled. He had Khaled on there with uh, Philly, Memphis he, Bleak. Not uh, Memphis Bleak, God damn it. Um, who just went to jail and came Billy back? Billy dude, bike riding. Meek Mill? Meek Mill. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said Meek Mill. I'll tell y'all how old I am and shit. Damn. So they was both on the shop and they were basically saying, Callie was like, I have these visions of these songs that I might keep for myself. This is perfect. And I give... Uh, certain people certain tracks because I want them to have it but yes. then I keep certain shit for myself yes because I want him to come yes. on it and write it for me on and, for my stuff because yes. I know what I want out of it for me and Khaled Khaled is another one of those he's another curator Khaled and is another person DJ, literally yeah he's a oh, DJ yeah. so he knows what sounds best with this person I don't I may not sound the best on here but I know I know who does let's go get him I and, need to go get him and then Meek Mill was saying he had uh I forgot who he was saying coming to his crib at the studio. I, I think it was uh little baby, young baby one. Some of them little young <laughs> boys came coming through the studio with him. Baby man. And he was like, uh, he used to compend the verse real quick. But he he, you know, he was kind of getting older and slowed down. He said they was coming in there banging verse after verse in the verse. And he was like, damn, that shit inspired me. So the next time they came through. Bro, next time they came through, it made him square up and get on his square. So while he was he was there, it was almost like a competition thing. Now they going back and forth, and he putting them out like he used to do back in the day. So it just inspired people. So everybody got a different vision. If you, I ain't gonna say if you're smart enough, but geniuses do have a vision of what they want their stuff to be. It's not all about. Who putting the best pen? It's to about the, the end result of the music. It's, a, it's about the greater good. Yeah, it's right. about the end result of the music. Right. So we just had this discussion right before we turned up, before we flipped the mics on. You were saying how Pharrell was sitting in the studio, and he he laid his own vocals down, but it was only supposed to be a reference on a, a guy. It was only supposed to be a reference guy. That, what song that is that? Girl. Uh, that girl, right? I think it's with, with, yeah, yeah. who was on there. Who else Snoop? was on there? Snoop, Snoop Dogg. So that that track is and is, Charlie Wilson, technically. yep. And that track was just like Pharrell never envisioned. He never he was never supposed to be on it because his vision took him away from himself. He's like, no, this needs something else. Mm. This needs someone else to make right. this sound 
the way that I have it right. sounding in my fucking mind. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to sing the hook. Yeah. But, uh, so he got uh, Charlie Wilson to, you know, be Charlie Wilson, do the thing, sing the hook or whatever. And I know a lot of times, that's kind of even where the the idea of Pharrell being like the guy on songs came from. Yeah. Is because it was often like uh, reference tracks. Mm-hmm. Or um, like I think Jay-Z was one of the people that he told like, no, leave that on there. Mm-hmm. And There's a period of time in music where you go back and you listen to a combination of Tim, Timberland, Justin Timberlake, Missy Elliott, and you can throw in anybody else you want to. You can throw in Jay-Z. You can throw in uh, t- any other artist, pretty much. But during that era of music, those three had produced so much music together that just had a certain sound. And they, they didn't get in, way, in the way of each other. They didn't say, oh, nobody ever tells Tim, no, I don't want you to do that on my track. No, nobody tells Tim that I don't want you to do the uh uh-huh, uh. Nobody, yeah, you're not gonna you to tell Tim that. On my track. Yeah, you're not gonna tell Tim that. Why? Get that Gerber baby off my <laughs> Exactly. You're not gonna tell that. This Hell nigga, no. this what nigga put a you? fucking rattle on us on a track. So what you gonna tell him? Like what the, you gonna say the, to Tim? The birds on the uh, the Leah song. What yeah, Leah song is that with the live birds on it? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He done he's done shit like that all the time. Yeah, and that's what makes him fucking great. He knows what goes where. Now nah, I need to be on this. Now nah, I need I need to say this right here. I need to put this right here. Uh, because the end result is the music right. being mm-hmm. great, the mm-hmm. project being great, not me. Mm-hmm. Great. I need to get out of my own way to let the music be great. Great artists like I'm gonna give you, like Wu Tang. All them niggas would love to rap with each other because they know they're going to bring out the best in each other right. and it's going to make the the project the greater good. You right. you damn, you know he coming with fire. So what right. I got I got to come with that fire. I got yeah. I got sharpen your sword. Reason. When you saw right. DMX come out, you no nobody foresaw DMX having a song with fucking Cisco. What? Facts. If you would have told me DMX was going to have a a smash hit right. with Cisco from Drew Hill? Facts. No way. But look what happened. And they and they created a fucking smash. Facts. Yep. I don't know whose idea that was. It I don't was, know either. It probably was Irv. Probably, Irv, yeah, probably, yeah. Irv Gotti probably put that shit together. I don't Ew. know. Who knows? But yeah, man, it's all about the fucking idea of uh, uh it's all about the putting the idea together that you had, which is why I appreciate niggas like Kendrick so much because his albums are always so complete and that's the type of shit that I've always liked yeah, um, yeah. concept albums you look yeah. at um, if you look at Pharrell Mons, uh We Are Renegades the war album the he, he started the album off with Idris Elba with this ominous ass voice telling this story it was basically on some like the government is basically controlling everything and you niggas have no chance of survival type shit and then the album persists Idris Elba might pop up here and there but it brings everything together. It's like there, it's all these individual songs, but he's basically selling you a movie mm-hmm. through an album. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved that shit. Mm-hmm. Storytellers. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Now, nah, it don't always have to be all the way fleshed Related, out. right. Yeah, but, you know, just kind of make this shit an experience for me. That's what I'll be looking for. Right. I feel you on that. I like, I like shit like that, too. Yeah, man. Make this shit, make this shit interesting. A good concept. A good concept, which is what, like, if you even, like, if you look at Dr. Dre, right, his albums, it was the Chronic, and then the the Chronic 2001. It's like 
it has a theme. He ain't telling the story, but it has an overall theme that he's adhering to. Mm. And he's another one of them niggas. Even uh, Compton. Because Dr. Dre, niggas be like, oh, he don't even write. How could he be one of the greatest? But it's like, fam, shut the fuck up. Because this nigga, he saw Snoop and was like, I need that. I got he's to have that. that. Yes, because I can't do that. And this nigga is great at what he do. So what Dr. Dre do? Rope him in. You on the team, bitch. I think it's Dre's because, a magical beast. Um, yes. A lot of people, and I feel like it's becoming more like this now, or or it's get leaning more towards this way, but I think a lot of people weren't viewing music as an art. And then also, when you view it as an art, they're thinking about it as a solo thing, where it's like artists have assistants, artists work with you know people, their collaborative projects, and it's like, even when you go and get into the world of design, like design is never really single. It's like even behind all these monster designers. So even when you have a Virgil Abloh or a Dimna or a, uh, I forget who's over Gucci right now. They either or, stealing from somebody right. or collaborating with right. somebody. Exactly. And then even with that, it's like, even though Virgil is the head of Louis Vuitton, all these are not him. He also has a team that he works with. <laughs> That's, but the reason the reason that he is who he is is because they know that this nigga knows how to put together a team because he's a good curator, whether he's doing it or not. Exactly. This this that's why I laughed at niggas when it came out that Timberland had um, referenced his music from other Indian artists and people they boiled they jumped on this nigga head. But that you would have thought was that it was happening. You would have You would have thought that they had it. They they was about to crucify this nigga. But the point of it is, he said, "Yeah, I may say I may take inspiration from everywhere, but the point is, they can't do with this that what I did with it." And that's the whole sample. point. That's the whole that's point. That's the basis of hip hop. Yeah, hip hop was literally. Made on it's the, the ideas basis of, of creation of, of yes, right. you yes. see motherfucking artists make art out of garbage, yes, and yep. shit like that. Like yes. that's that's all this shit is. And it's bro. just, it, I'm, it's just like you say, a creation, and it, you could you could apply it to anything in life, sports. We're not gonna act like we didn't have great basketball players before, but a little light skinned nigga from Davidson came along and was like, give me that rock, and I'm going to show y'all something else great. I'm going to do something with this bitch that ain't nobody ever done. That ain't nobody Shit. ever done. Look what and the Lakers even... just put together. Yeah. A yeah. group of over 35. A group of over 35. All, all fucking finna go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Isn't yep. Westbrook one of those? Yeah. Yes. 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 A group of over 35s and everybody going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So That's, we, crazy. That's unheard of. Are we are we naming? Is it time to name our mythical beast? Oh yes, it is. That's a great time. So before the podcast started, we was Ooh. talking to each other, which is a cardinal sin around here. Yes, niggas not supposed to <laughs> yeah, talk before the, the podcast. Reverse, the we can't. Reverse, uh, yeah. NDA. I don't fuck with these niggas the day of the podcast. Y'all not my <laughs> friends. You know what I'm saying? But um, we was talking about like there's these certain artists who have created their this air about themselves where they have this. Almost magical, mythical. Uh, it's mystique. Mystique. Yes, very perfect word. Uh, this mystique about them that it's almost as if they're like a, a figment or some sort of mythical creature within the realm of whatever genre they're in. It doesn't have to be rap. But for example, we were talking about Earl Sweatshirt 
And for the people who doesn't know, he's a member of Our Future with uh, Tyler, the creator and shit. You know, he's just a young nigga back then. He was, I think he was in his teens still back then when Our Future was new. Yeah, he's younger than Tyler. He was like 16. Yeah, he was young as hell back then when Our Future was new. Uh, And he popped up with the group. And niggas clearly recognized his voice, one, because it's deep as hell. But the fact that he was, he was cold. You know what I'm saying? He could rap. It's not like he's spectacular, but... It doesn't matter when it comes to Mythical Beast because it's all about how you're consumed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're rare, it's just like anything else. Mm-hmm. If you're rare, it kind of makes you even more valuable. Mm-hmm. And some artists do that on purpose. Some artists don't. Earl Sweatshirt did not do it on purpose because he went away to boarding school by force. Yeah, his mom sent him to boarding school. Then his father died, which sent him further away from music, right? Yeah. And then he popped back up and did music and he had dreads as long as fucking... Uh, and it wasn't Odd Future music. He came back completely different sound. Completely different sound. He, he started is, working with a, a bunch of different style of artists. And that's when artists get in a motherfucking bag. Because when you pop back up, first of all, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> Secondly, why do you sound totally different than you did before? What the fuck were you yeah. doing while you were gone? It's like this nigga went into the hyperbolic time chain. Yeah. So it don't matter if you're the coldest rapper, but it just matters about the mystique that you present, which whether it's on purpose or not, right? So Earl Sweatshirt is one of them. He popped up with a totally different sound. He had relationships. It was like everybody respected this nigga. He just became this, this creature that niggas only see every now and then, and now he has this place in hip-hop where he's good for life because he could drop an album every 10 years and niggas is flocking to it just because they want to know what's going on. So yeah. we was like, who else is that? Who else does that? So to immediately go off that, because now I just thought about something. Somebody adjacent to Earl, Vince Staples. Mm. I would uh, argue Vince Staples has that same mystique. I, I don't know. think so. Mm. He's too frequent. Now. Now? So you're I saying there's a point? I would argue right now at this moment, within the past few years, that is the mm. most frequent he's ever been. Yeah, because he's been putting out music kind of frequently within the last... Because. Because the thing about Vince was, Vince was just a nigga. He was Odd Future adjacent. They knew Vince. Vince is friends with all of them. Vince would pop up and hang out with, like, Mac Miller. He was cool with all these different people. But Vince was still fairly unknown. Vince would make, you know, this raw... See, but Vince is... But see, my thing is, if you're going to be a mythical beast, or whatever you want to call it, mythical creature in this shit... Your visibility has to be at an all-time low. Too. Yes, niggas yes. cannot That's part see of the you. criteria for me. I was seeing Vince on interviews all the time. He yeah. was always within reach to me. Yeah, he put out Big Fish. He put out uh, Vince Staples the album just this year. He put out, uh, but what was his FM. double disc? Oh, double disc. Uh, the, the big one that everybody fucked with. Uh, I can't with remember. The, Wait, with the waves and shit. Yeah, on with the. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like Joy Division inspired cover. It was like uh, after that he did disappear for a while, but he was Something always visible. Mm-hmm. But the thing that makes a person a mythical creature is like, nigga, I don't. You a chupacabra, nigga. You are a bigfoot. Yep. I never see you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jay Z became you that. You may see it. He has become that yes. because he don't do interviews. This nigga nope. don't talk. Nope. He only put out music when this nigga just decided to pop up. Yeah. And when he does, he does like these weird interviews. Yeah. And, and that's why I think Sade is a mythical beast. The last album Sade dropped was in 2010, bro. Yeah, that was a long time. That was fucking 12 years ago. Yeah, bro. But does that... 
she's so a myth. You, she's definitely a myth. She dropped the album and then go. You you don't see no interviews with Sade. You go you go if you go on Instagram right now you put up Sade her page. You know what's on it? About you're gonna find about ten pictures of album covers and bullshit. You're not gonna see anything from her personal life because that's it. not even her Instagram. Because that's, somebody put that because together. Because somebody for just put that together together for y'all to come and download some shit from. <laughs> right. But, but then, she's not even present on that. Exactly. Shit. So would that count? Because I feel like that's also just inactivity. Because what do we? Oh man, no, it's different. No. Because well, when yeah, you Lauren Hill can be considered she one. She is. She is. But she is. It's quite literally because she kind of became this weird recluse and shitty. No, bro, but it's see, deeper it's, than that. But see, it's we're not we're not talking about people that have been forced out because of whatever issue or have chose to be out because of maybe they've had some shit going on with media or maybe they had some shit pop up to where they had to go into hiding or they had the they life changed or something was altered. Or, no, you know, so I would even argue against that though, Derek, because three stacks is that. Just three stacks is that. He said, nigga, this shit is too much for me. I got to go. My life is spiraling out of control. This shit is too much for me. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a, a recluse. I do not deal well socially like this. It's too much anxiety and he forced his way out even though they had all these millions of dollars on the table. He even apologized for it in a verse yeah. on TI's album. He said, "Sorry for fucking up all the tours and blah blah blah." He apologized. I apologize the name of the song or some shit on T.I.'s, uh, one of his albums a few years ago, back in like 2013. I think I remember what you're talking about. Um, and he became that because he couldn't handle the pressures of it, but he was so cold that niggas was like, we don't give a fuck what this nigga do. You gotta come back. You gotta come back. I will say I do enjoy how awkward his life is. Me too. I follow him on Instagram, and that's, I, and like lends to it. He he posted this thing, and it was like a drawing that he did of an ant. And he was like, "I need to do something with this, or otherwise I don't own it anymore. So I'm gonna make these shirts. Y'all can buy them." Thousand <laughs> did that. Yeah, that's what we talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what we talking about. And that's what we saying. Like it's kind of like niggas have to like. You gotta kinda, catch me. Yeah, you that's gotta how catch it is. Me. It's like you gotta catch me out. It's like a fucking rare Pokemon. You got to see me out in the field somewhere in order to get me in your view. I'm not just going to pop up on you or I may just pop up on you. But it's, it's again, it's that rare chance that you just saw me. You know who else has that but is oddly still relevant at the same time? It's Beyonce. Yes. Because she don't talk. She doesn't talk. Beyonce don't do interviews. Even when she has scandals. Yes. She don't Shout say Beyonce. shit. Because she just did a ad campaign for her Ivy Park with... Adidas and she got a Detroit lady in her. Uh, Ivy Park shit be cold as fuck. I'm not even gonna this, lie. This uh, rapper from Detroit really? named Milfie got to do the voiceover. Really? Yeah. That's why niggas can say whatever they want to about Beyonce, but I can tell you what, she know how to handle some fucking media, boy. She know how to handle her. Y'all, well, y'all not gonna see shit. That's what happened when you be around for 25 years. Y'all not gonna see none of this shit. Y'all say what y'all want. Have you seen like the collection of photos where she's looking right at the camera? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's hilarious. Like, she'll be like in vacation somewhere. She'll be like pointing at the camera person. <laughs> no, no, I used to. It is hilarious. Or like, there's one where her and Jay Z and she looking at the, they all looking at the camera like uh, over their glasses. And they <laughs> uh, Rihanna has become that. Rihanna has become a mythical beast. I agree. You're going to see me when you see yeah. me. Yeah. You're not going to force me back. I think she's on a. I think she's on the cusp of cusp that. Cusp of it, though. Like, I right. still don't think she's fully realized that because she's still kind of visible. Like, she just did an interview. 
like a lovey-dovey little couples interview with ASAP Rocky. So it's like this bitch is still popping up randomly doing useless shit. Right, so but it's, see, but see, even that it's it's, it's, it's <coughs> just the way that it's done. Like she is just that sue her it's, daddy or something? It's random. Say that again. I said, didn't she just sue her daddy or something? Oh, Rihanna? Yeah. She I, did? I didn't hear about that. I didn't hear about that either. I forgot what for. But yeah, I, you know, I don't really know who who else would be in that. We said Frank Ocean. You said Doom when we was talking earlier, or he would have mm. been. Why you why you say that? Why uh, you say would have? Well, he's dead. So. Oh well, that makes him even more of a fucking. <laughs> yeah, but um, or not would have because but I, mean, I would argue this. I would argue the same thing for the way that they handled Tupac posthumously. It's like it made this nigga even more mysterious than before. But Doom, I would say the same thing. It's like because it makes it even weirder that he died because he was so rare and inaccessible when he was alive, and then this nigga wears a mask through his entire career for the most. It was like. Yeah. Most of his career, like ninety nine percent of his career, he mm-hmm. died like a few months before people even knew, and then they That's family even, eventually yeah. came out and was like, "Yeah, he's been he's dead been dead since, for three months." Yeah, since Halloween Day. Yeah. So and this so nigga like, it was weird. This nigga don't work with nobody. Don't nobody really know what he looked like. I didn't even know what he looked like for years. I know who he is, but it's like, and then the fact that he was involved in that hip hop scene that was like super duper underground. Or yeah. he rapping with UK niggas and shit. Like, why are you... What are you doing, bro? Yeah. And then you would pop up. He might do a song. This nigga pops up and does an EP with Griselda. Yeah. Yeah, and then he did a... What did he do? He got a, a this random collection of work that he did with this young dude from New York named Bishop Nauru. Yeah. And why, I think they did two of those. Nauru why are you do. choosing to do these random things? I want to say the first... <laughs> no, the second posthumous verse I've heard since besides the one that's on the IDK album which wasn't really a verse but um he did another verse for this guy named Reggie Snow on his album and he's oh. like an Irish rapper it so it, it fits you see what I'm bill. saying like this nigga just yeah. be all over the world just doing anything and then no one knows this nigga he don't do interviews for real we don't even know where he lives or where he like niggas probably who really know him know what he claim and shit but me as a kind of like a casual fan. I don't know anything about this nigga. He's been around since the 90s, bro. Yeah. He's he's almost as mysterious as you can be. Like, yeah. most of the shit that I've seen from this nigga was a drawing or a cartoon or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he don't be doing videos and shit like that. You know, for me, who else is becoming one? Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. And I say that because she's around, but she's not. You don't know anything personally about her life. We've never seen Missy Elliott with a man, woman, what? All those accusations came out. She, she was gay. She was this. She was that. Nothing. You've seen nothing about her personal life. You don't know where she at. I don't even know where she be at. Well, you, if you see her online, she'll be, she may post something on Instagram, but it's something where she's getting her makeup done or something, or her hair did. But other than that, she don't be out. Missy and don't be out. Erica Badu. I, oh, I, used to, nah. I used to feel that way about her now, but she's super present now, though, because her Instagram, she's selling incense. and she she's, just here. Oh, that's true, yeah. She, yeah, she do. She was just here or oh, she's yeah, coming she here? Was she was just, just here. here. Okay, with, yeah. Uh, some, was she, with some hip-hop person. I don't know who it was, but I know the artist that I work for, he went. At Shane Park? I think so, yeah. Yeah. See, she tours a lot, too. I used to feel that way before... Uh, 
like back when she did window seat and shit, like before mm-hmm. that, it was kind of like she kind of was like, and I don't know where this bitch went, but she's still cold. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Frank Ocean kind of won because he only dropped an album or a song every fucking seven years and shit at this point. I don't mm-hmm. know. And he also just does what he wants. Like I told you, he has a, a jewelry store now called Homer. Um, and you can't order online. You have to call in and get a catalog. The shit's expensive. Mm. Um, but you either have to go to the store on on Wooster. Is it on Wooster? Yeah, it's on Wooster. Uh, or you have to call in, get a catalog sent to you, and then you can order via the catalog. See? Mysterious shit. Um, but this is a young nigga. No though. camera policies. Uh, and then he's also just weird. He has this weird collaboration with Prada where it's like all one-of-ones, and it's like through Homer, his... They, so it's just weird stuff that you wouldn't think about. I mean, we got a visual album from him where he's building a stair set. Yeah. So Weird shit, bro. Yeah. yeah. It makes you... Yeah. Who else though? Anybody else? Danny Brown. I think Kanye is one. Kanye is a mythical beast. Think so? I think so. Just because of the fact that, as of him purchasing land, yes. Him, that last album that he came out with, which was called Donda. Donda. Don, no, the one before Donda. Yandi. No, no, no. No. Yay. Yay. Or are you talking about his gospel album? The gospel Jesus album. King? Jesus King. The one of the reasons that album was highly anticipated because. Kanye been gone for so long. Like, what? What the fuck have you been doing? He was around, and then we see all these. He was around doing what though? He was, he was having he the Sunday services. Gap, exactly. That That's what I'm saying. You saw him shit. randomly. That's why it got so much fucking attention. It was like, what the fuck is Kanye doing over with this fucking random choir doing a Sunday service? Like, no, what the fuck random. is he doing? It was curated. No, I'm yeah, saying they, it was curated. Like, it was purposely done, but it was still something that was offbeat. You didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm. Well, my personal intake of of content because they were here as well. They Kanye were is part. always on my playlist somewhere, so I'm always watching an interview. When he was doing the like, I was hearing announcements about the choir thing, and then when he did them, I wasn't surprised. And then before before that, the nigga wouldn't shut the fuck up because he was producing all them out them seven songs albums for everybody. Oh yeah. yeah. So he was kind of like always ever present to me. He won't he won't disappear. I think if he would shut the fuck up, it would do him a lot of good because. I mean, even before that, a nigga was running for president. Right. Yeah. So that's true. On stage. that's true. That's true. All that Trump shit. And the Trump shit before that. So I was kind of like, damn, this nigga won't disappear. I think he's going to slowly become a recluse due to him owning the land in Wyoming. Because even then, it was like kind of awkward. He reactivated his Instagram for the sake of the Donda promotion. Um, Watch this nigga get old, and that's how he's going to be. He's going to be disappearing and shit. I think it's now because like he owns all that land in Wyoming. He has this Yeezy Christian Academy. Uh, I don't even know about that. It's creepy. Look that. it up. So it's like this nigga making a cult. It looks like a cult. No, 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 no. It looks like a cult because they have this unorthodox building. He built this dome, and it's a dome with all these domes branching off of it. And he's like, "This is the creative center. This is the engineering center. This is this." They all mm. have these big blue Yeezy like uniforms. And they're just jogging pants and a big shirt. And it says YCA. Everybody wears them. There's a video from his campaign where he's, uh, I think the slogan is like, give future a chance or something like that. And you can see all these kids just running around in these Yeezy Christian Academy uniforms. And they're like, give the future a chance. And so it's kind of weird. Where is it? On his land in Wyoming. (laughs) Which makes it even more weird. Yeah, it's like on his his ranch in Wyoming (laughs) or whatever. Um, oh, one thing we do have to talk about since we talk about mythical creatures is uh, 
we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about this right here. Let's listen in America today. Life at a party. Oh, Joe, have you heard this? Mm. All right. Three stacks. Hold on, wait. Backstory. Right after Kanye put his album out the week before Drake just put his album out, which was all within the last two weeks, right? Kanye puts out this album. Drake puts out his album. They've been dissing each other. Kanye puts out Drake's address. So in retaliation to all of this shit that's going on between them, Drake then leaks this song here, which didn't end up on the album yeah, I on Kanye's uh, album. Three thousand says something about it on yeah, somewhere. He definitely, he he definitely released a did. Statement. So this song comes out. Mind you, we don't get Andre three thousand verses ever. Right. But one morning, Very, this song is all over the room. fucking world, all over the internet. Like it's a three stacks verse. So we gonna we gonna listen to it and talk about it. After. To think I could have almost died. Lord help us. Lord help us. Hey, Miss Donda, you're running to my mama. Please tell her I said say something. I'm starting to believe ain't no such thing as heaven's trumpets. No after over, this is it done. If there's a heaven, you would think they let you speak to your son. Maybe she has in the form of a baby's laugh. I heard passing by in a stroller reminding me, hey, keep rolling. Oh, no. Maybe she has with the prick of a blade of grass. I've been laying on way too long. Got me itchy. Got up and roamed a little more. Miss Donda, you see my mama, tell her I'm lost You see, she'd always light a cigarette, we talk, I would call Exaggerating a little bit, so she get the point Trying to get her to stop smoking, I would lead and fire up a joint Till I quit, started back up again Twenty years later, all that time, y'all thought a nigga were high Thought I was crazy, my mom, she ain't cut no corners Got me back on track, I don't miss her overstepping But do miss her showing seven civilian life shit Ah, uh, Miss Donda, see my mama whisper her this the real reason I was geek to go to church was confess When y'all grown-ups would be in Bible study That girl helping me with my homework Her and I were fucking so pure And perverted, so spirit spinning and dirty So on, so on and so on We hope that no one heard it And to this day I think her mama knew But let us explore Miss Donda, you see my father, please ask him why He never married, always smiled, but was he happy inside? Because I carry my mother's name, did he carry shame with him? I'm sure she did it out of spite, was her decision at birth Shit, she probably would hurt Ah, uh, poor baby, two young people with different views A lot for a young lady No coincidence, they both passed away from heart conditions There's a dissidence at play, dad and mom do hard division 3,000 Poster child for big dick niggas raised by their mothers. I'm supposed to smile as if God knew that I would be trouble. Keeps me around for what I don't know, but I do know that it's crucial that we do oh so pronto. God. I don't know how much long though. Mama, your son in the red hat had suffered setbacks. Hold on, Kanye. <laughs> Relax, nigga. You can't come in. We, we gonna get to Kanye in a minute, bro. We not doing video for this podcast yet, right? <laughs> but I just shook my head. For the entire time this nigga was rapping. Like, mm, 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 mm. Because what the fuck was that, dog? I really enjoyed the, like... The, what the fuck was that? I love the collective, like, good job that everybody gave him when this league... The world stood up, nigga! Like, Ninth Wonder was like, this is it. Uh, you know why? Even Big Boy was like, that's... You know why? So this, so 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 let me get my shit off real quick. 
I, I'm very deep into music. I've been feeling this shit on an almost spiritual level. No, not almost. A spiritual level since I was a kid when I wasn't even, even able to explain or understand it, right? When you hear certain shit, it may be different for everybody. When you hear different shit, it just, it just feels different when you hear that one shit. That one song that's like has a special place to you, right? It might be Michael Jackson. It might be Sade. It might just be this moment in music where it's just like, nigga, there's no way that anybody don't like this shit. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that 100%, but it's like the 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 consensus is that it should be. this shit just shook shit up. And, and hip-hop is even more of that because it's like, uh, you know, it's almost like a competitive sport in a way. So when a nigga shows up and does something like this, yeah, it's not even the lyric because I I listen to a lot of niggas that can rap, bro. I listen to Lupe all day. I listen to Royce all day, and he's one of them niggas that do shit like this too. But this nigga, it's poetry on a beat. It's not even poetry. Fuck that. It's like, it's like a piece of this nigga's life on a beat because the way he's telling it, it's almost like he just, he just said it. Like he's talking to you. There's so much beauty and simplicity because it doesn't have to be complicated. He just said, yeah, me and this girl was fucking when all the adults wasn't looking. Like, but the way he said it was like, this nigga even moaned on the song and I hate shit like that. Right. But the way he did it was like, it went along with the story. I love when he moans on the song. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but it was just like, this nigga just said it. I really enjoyed the... the, Because I think what is happening, and I think what a lot of people sometimes like don't get with music now is imagery. It's like yes. you can connect something to something. That's so why even I, when you hear, do you remember? Listen, bro. Listen. Like when you hear that, you have a, a vision a in vision. your head. This is why Nas is so important to me because the nigga just be saying shit, right? And a, a lot of people who not into that type of music, they might just hear this like, this nigga just saying a bunch of stuff. Mm -mm. But, but no. It's a story. It's a story. And it's it's not, it's not bigger than a story. Like it's like love. he's just pulling, it's like a photo album. He's just saying this like, oh, the project bench and all oh, the Queensbridge and all oh, this gun and oh, I, I can smell this and like in One Love where he's supposed to be like a... a he like put a, sound effects with on his it and man. everything. Right. And it's like all of these things you're saying, it's like by the end of this fucking verse or this song... You just went on this journey. I can feel that's everything you, you yes. said. You and said that's, that's what this verse is. Yes. It's imagery. It's like, it's art. And, and even beyond that, this nigga is praying to Kanye's mama Mm -hmm. to relay a message to his yes, mama. Mm -hmm. And that was like also the beauty and the, also even just like the small, simple thing. So like him going, dear Miss Donda, like, yeah, it's almost like, do you see him here? Or Dog. do you see him like writing a, like a letter or like talking to, like people were saying like, oh, it sounded like he went to the, you know, Kanye mama house and was like, hey, Miss Donda, can you tell my mom? Like, right. Mm. But it's like also this. But to wrap all this up, he didn't even say it with it wasn't verbose he didn't say a bunch of shit he didn't need to it was just simple plain English a child can understand this verse yeah he cut the fat right simplicity is what art is it's like nigga I don't have to do all this extra shit to make you understand my point he just said it and so simply and it was so gracious like like I don't 
He casually <clears throat> took you on one of the most grandest trips. This nigga said this shit like he was reading it from a book. Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, but go ahead. Say, say, that's say that's it. No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. This nigga casually came in. He casually showed up out in the field like a fucking rare Pokemon. And was like, all right, well, you see me. You niggas tried to capture me, so now it's time to fight. And now that it's time to fight, I'm gonna show you niggas what I can do, and then I'm gonna disappear fucking again. But this is what it this is what see, this is what a motherfucker who's like has ascended to this point. I don't wanna make this seem like niggas seem like he's a god or something, but when it's like in artistry, I I can feel it. I'm not trying to compare myself to this. I can feel it in myself. When you reach these certain plateaus in your ability to, whether you're a writer, whether you're a painter, you get to these points, people are like, damn, like, I can convey what I'm feeling and I can do it much better than I could with efficiency than I could when I was new to this. You know what I'm saying? You might be able to draw a picture. You'd be like, damn, I can express the emotion in this character that I'm drawing. The skill, the skill presents itself. Yes. You and the, the work that you do comes out. Yes. And it shows, exactly. So here we are listening to a nigga who's been around for almost 30 years rapping. And we're seeing a fucking God at work, nigga. Because that's how that's what he is at this point. It's like, they say you're supposed to put your 10,000 10, hours in. Like, we're looking at a nigga yeah, who's probably, probably put like 30, 40, yeah. 50,000 hours into this shit. And this is what it sounds like to me. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. It's like you could you're you're watching a nigga who's like a a god at what he does do his shit effortlessly. And it's not that's the same feeling I get from Jay. Not all the time. But, but when instance, he really step up. When he showed up on the West Free verse for Meek, it was like, dog, no, it's no fucking with this nigga. Because he's on some other shit. He's like somewhere else with this shit. Like we oh, niggas. Oh, you reached that level. Yeah, niggas is not fucking with this because it's so effortless that your effort makes you look stupid. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like dog. This is the shit. I always think of it as like, of course, in like in Naruto where Rock Lee is just like, oh, I have to really fight now, yeah. and he takes yeah. his weights off. Yeah, and then it's like you know we've seen him do that, but then when Guy does it, and Guy is like his teacher, and the yeah. guy is just like oh, this is a fight. I got to take my weights off. Right. Then you're just like, oh, shit. This is what this nigga really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do this, man. Right. Right. And that's what, you know, I I get that feeling from Wayne. When he really get in his shit, dog, yes. it's no fucking with him. That, it's yeah, no fucking with this nigga, bro. I feel that too. But this nigga, Three Stacks, like, to me, I said it. I put it in my Instagram stories when I heard this verse. Like, he solidified that top five spot for me. Because I never consider him that because his his frequency drops so dramatically right. after his outcast career. Right. But I'm like, no, nah, like this nigga stands alone now and he's up there because it's not, I ain't never heard nobody, most, I never heard most niggas be able to do some shit like this. You know what I'm saying? I would also argue, go back and listen to The Love Below. Yeah. It aged amazingly well. Of course it did. It fits, well. it fits in this type of era the way that it sounds. Amazing. Most well. of their music, the outcast shit, would probably fit very well today because they Some was sounds aged. They was doing shit. Man, you listen to fucking uh what's the name of that one song? Uh what is the name of that song? Uh 
I can't remember the name of it, but who was doing shit like that in rap? What is that song? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, that shit. There's nobody doing shit like that back then. And you know what I'm saying? Like, niggas was being very musical, is what I'm saying, in, a, in an era where niggas was just rapping about pistol grip pumps. I would also <laughs> argue that they were abstract before abstraction really came into hip-hop. They was fucking Boosie Collins in rap. Mm. Yeah. And then, like, even when you listen to, uh... Fuck, what's that other song? Uh, it's the return of the gangster. Thanksta. And, like... They, man, but... It was, like, spoken word poetry. Them niggas was aliens, bro. Yeah. And they called it right. Yeah. Him and Big Boy. Yes. They showed up and did some shit that niggas was like, what the fuck is this? That it was so much so that they niggas fought against them. And the South had something to say. Yeah, they was like, these niggas is weird. But it's like, nah, bro, this is what innovation sound like. But anyway. Ain't Big Boy about to get a star? He better, goddammit. But I'm, let me play this Kanye verse too. His son in the red hat had suffered setbacks, had shit and a said that's had made everyone mad. He made eight of say, say that again. Go back just a tad. He one dad, no, he ever gets that <laughs> you might have put it too. No. So pronto, I don't know how much long though. Mama, your son in the red hat had suffered setbacks, had shit and a said that's had made everyone mad. He made 808, so he's everyone dead. No, he ever gets that hope. Terrones by the shore, close my eyes, I can see more. No, body punking me, nobody pressure me, nobody gangster me, especially when the gangsters eat thanks to me. And my favorite principal name was Mrs. Wooten. She was strict, the perfect instructor for young Cougar. Vladimir, just so that is clear. Whom should we fear when we know dad is here? Daddy right here. Daddy right here. I don't play. Hold on. Right there. <laughs> Who should we fear when we know dad is here? And then he put in a sample of DMX talking to his daughter. Daddy is right here. Daddy's right here. Niggas is trying to shit, but I was listening to that podcast where niggas was like, he got shitted on. Now, granted, he's not rapping as good as, as Three Stacks because who the fuck is? And but, this is Kanye. I mean, he's not even... Again, he's not a rapper. But fam. But... He's talking his shit. He niggas not going... He didn't come Kanye, to play. When Kanye can do, does well, he does well. Who should we fear when we know dad is here? To be a producer, which he... Everybody knows his level is up there. Yes. His rap and his lyrical content and the way he puts shit together, it's, rapping... It's way too high. It's, what we, it's, it's better what you, than some rappers who it's just It's what rap. y'all was Facts. just talking about with West Side Gun. Nigga, I don't give a fuck about... I don't give a fuck if he got on here and said... He smoked it. <laughs> right. Nigga, that's what I got him for. Right. That's what I He knew I he was going to, to get three stacks. He knew he wasn't going to get some nigga around the corner. No, right. you knew when you roll up on three stacks. What he was and coming ask him with. To put something. What he was coming, coming with. with? And then Kanye, you can obviously tell he's also like, oh, I gotta make sure and I don't. Because that's this my shit motivation. Up. Exactly. Exactly. But that's what great artists do. They draw exactly. off each other. Exactly. That's what they should do. That's what they should do. They didn't. He didn't let mute. He didn't let himself get in the way of music. That's all. And my favorite principal name was Mrs. Wooten. She was strict, the perfect instructor for young Cougar. Vladimir, just so that is clear. Whom should we fear when we know dad is here? Daddy right here. Daddy right here. I don't play, boy. Over your dead body for my daughter, pose a playboy. We 
don't condone over sexualization of the kids in the home. Battery in my bed. Do you think that was a shot at Kim? Uh, the Playboy line. I never thought about it like that. I don't. When I first heard it, I was just like, "Was that a shot at Kim?" I I didn't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what what status they're on right now. I don't know. You know, of course, we're outside looking in, so we never we'll never know what intricacies are like between them. But the line about his daughter, he's saying that his daughter will never pose with Playboy. I was just wondering, was that like a personal shot at Kim? Well, the fact that he's dissing everybody else on this goddamn song. It might be. I thought the earlier versions were all shots. So like, there was a song that didn't make it to the final cut and I think he stopped playing it, but it was like, uh, a man will never leave his family. A man will never leave his family. A man will... And he's just like standing there and like Kim is obviously like, okay. <laughs> but like, you know... Like, I think it was kind of, like, some weird, like... I just heard that thought, that part and thought it was a little I never spicy. really thought about that Maybe, part Maybe, but like then that. at the same time, I think it's funny, because that was kind of his attraction to Kim. It's like, damn, yeah, she a she badass a, bitch. Yeah. She, she same thing with Amber Rose. by Ray J. <laughs> same thing with Amber Rose. Right. Sexualization of the kids in the home. Battery in my back. This house of pain won't ever last. Sign told me to my face. That sicko mode was his biggest song We're gone Cause Donna was the best ghostwriter I ever had South Park had jokes about fist sticks To this day the whole team could kiss this stick I put Virgil and Drake on the same text And it wasn't about the matching Arc'teryx Or Kid Cudi dress Just told these grown men stop it with the funny shit I might hire the whole team from ACG So don't text me like I'm Juanita JCV Or more important Monica Corgan who was there for me Somebody really there for me was rare for me That was new air to breathe When I was underappreciated, undervaluated Stockholders told me boardrooms would bore you Can't remember going by your rules Try to follow the Lord's rules Charlie was the new Abu Dhabi Told Drake don't play with me on GD And he sent that message to everybody So if I hit you with a WYD You better hit me with Yes, sir, I'm writing everything you need I told you I was gonna take the summer back So any other cap won't take none of that Where my motherfucking red hat? Security and the nannies be forever handling I can't stand it when it's talks of putting the kids back in Sierra Canyon When daddy got his own school Trash smile for these white people if you want Why we build a Hey, I don't care what them niggas what said on JVP. What is niggas talking about, bro? This nigga did not blow the layup. This nigga okay? just said, what is y'all niggas talking about putting my daughter back in Sierra Canyon when I got a fucking school of my own, bitch? <laughs> this nigga Kanye did not blow the you layup, This is about Drake? Yes. Yes. Nigga, just write. Just have my shit. And shut the fuck up. When I send the text, just reply yes, sir. Yes, sir. When I write say yes, sir. When I ask what you're doing, bitch, you better just say you're just writing say, what the I, fuck I, I asked you to write. Oh, my God. Yes, this, sir, I'm writing right now. Yeah, my, I don't care what them niggas said. He did not blow the layup. Bro. We don't even have to finish the verse, but my theory of why this song didn't make it to the album is because this nigga didn't give a fuck about who he was talking about. Yeah. Not to say that he's crushing niggas, but he's definitely being disrespectful as hell. Oh, yes. Because he like, first of all, bitch, why is you talking to me about where my daughter's going to school when I just built my own... Uh, fuck Kid Cudi in his dress. I'm talking about <laughs> Virgil and Drake acting like bitches. Write what the fuck I told you to write, nigga. Uh, he said all kind of shit, man. All kinds of disrespectful <laughs> and he shit. he said, well, fuck you, Sahai, because 
Yeah, oh, Saha line, right, which is a huge deal because Saha is his man's. Saha yeah. writes all of his shit down there, you know what I'm saying? Or he writes on all of his shit. I mean, Saha was around, well, saha has been around for a minute, but he was like heavily, what, was it Cruel Summer? Yeah, Cruel Dark Summer was fantasy. just like entry into, the yeah, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then he was writing, you know, he was writing all them, uh, 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 um, uh, what's the Fridays? Watch the, throne. the Fridays the shit. Good Fridays. Good Fridays. And then watch the throne. The uh, I think he has some on watch. So here he is telling one of his ghostwriters, who's been with him for almost fifteen years at this point, like nigga, fuck you, because you basically telling me the enemy song was your best song. You working with me? It's more ego shit. Yeah. Which is what I said earlier. Like nigga, my ghostwriter came to me and said that the biggest song he ever had was a song he wrote for my for enemy. Another nigga. Right. It's Kanye we talking to the fucking uh, narcissist, right? Supreme, right? You can't tell him no shit like that. So now, oh, no. so now Saha done fucked his bag up. I'm guessing. I don't know. He probably still needs Saha, so I don't know. But I'm sure they had a conversation after this song leaked. Oh, I'm be- certain because he's talking shit. This is why I'm saying I don't know how. Uh, Joe Budden and them didn't point out the fact that this is probably why the song didn't make it. It's because he's shitting on a lot of people that he probably was like, he probably wrote this song, put the verse out. In and, the moment. And, and then and, was and like, the, I don't even really want to say this. I don't need to murder these niggas like that. And that's that. what I was saying. They was like, he definitely had plans for this song and I feel the same way. Like, there's no way you're going to get this three stacks verse that nobody gets. Right. This good. Right. And then not put the song out. So right. he might have been putting out a deluxe album Maybe he wanted more time to rewrite his verse or put a It'll different verse it. on yeah. here. Yeah, and then so. maybe he was going to have another sense. album. I mean, the nigga's yeah. not done making music. Yeah. So it's like this song was going to be good whether we heard it yeah, like today or... They, they need something different. They don't need to hear me violate these niggas like that. Right. <laughs> he probably was like, I don't want to destroy all these relationships yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and this is not, not even like Jesus Kanye. Name. Because Kanye never diss people. No. He never does that. No. It's very rare, rather. He might say some slick shit about... Drake. Right. You might get some slick shit, but you're not going to get no direct. Direct shit yeah, like yeah, this. Nah. Right. Yeah. So, and that was on some grown man, like, nigga, what you going to do now shit? <laughs> right. And th- yeah, that's my theory as to why he just kept that bitch off the album because he like, man, I ain't, this ain't even me, man. I'm supposed to be talking about God and shit and I'm <laughs> dissing all these niggas, but... Yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say, man. I just wanted to let niggas know Kanye was not slacking on his verse. Y'all niggas is Have tripping. Have you seen the... Uh... So did you did y'all watch the streams like the live streams that he did and I did not none of them no I was live streams of what of uh, so when he did the listening parties the Dondas no yeah. I didn't hear uh uh-uh. uh I think there was three uh but that goes deeper into the curational yeah, aspect of uh these theories and things um but this is the part I was waiting to talk about so on the last stream which was the one before the album came out. He had that was the big spectacle because he did some shit. So the sh- the shit being that one, he had the song with the baby after all the shit with the baby, um, after all the controversial shit. Yep. Uh, he had Marilyn Manson on the faux stage, which was a replica of his Chicago childhood home. He had Marilyn Manson on stage with him. Uh, Marilyn Manson supposedly helped on one of the songs. I forget which one. He is credited. Um, but Marilyn Manson is also somebody who's been in not great press because he had all these rape allegations. Yeah, I heard him. about that, yeah. Um, then 
even though it's a probably lesser known, he also had the song still with Don Tolliver, which I mean, I didn't imagine it would be scrapped because like I said, it's a lesser known allegation. But somebody also came out and was like, Don Tolliver is a rapist. And so. Uh, I didn't hear that. That's that's why it's lesser known. It was like something that kind of went under because I mean, I also don't think Don Tolliver is that huge, but he's like big enough, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he's getting um, there. And so it kind of just came and went. But um, that was one of the bigger things with it. Uh, there was also a moment where um, he goes inside of the replica of his home. He had all these people coming out. West Side Gun was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Scott, they all had masks on, except for like West Side Gun, which I thought was hilarious because of all the Hitler covers. Yeah, And so it's like... This would be the perfect moment to have a mask on, but I guess, I guess not. But um, everybody had mask on. Lil Yachty came out. Uh, Ruga came out. They stopped playing the album for a minute and played Ruga song, which is they done let the GDs in the dough. Oh yeah, they yeah, done yeah, let the yeah. GDs. They just stopped and started playing that, and he got to play his his shit. Um, and so there was like all that. He had all the. I call them Donda Troops. I don't know what else to call them. I don't know if they had a name. But he had the Donda Troops all surrounded the house. It was it was weird because they kind of took me out the moment because they were doing this weird offbeat choreography. You went? No, I looked. Oh, yeah, I was oh, watching the live stream. I didn't even know there was a live stream, though. I didn't yeah, even know that. It was all... This This is getting deeper into my... my like, it took me out of the moment bag. But um, all this happened. There was all this curational stuff. Um... And then there's a moment where he goes into the house and he sets himself on fire. Yeah, okay. And then he walks out the house on fire. They, you know, blow him off or whatever. That's, they make sure he is not on fire anymore. <laughs> they don't yeah. blow him off. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got you. Hella <laughs> <But>, pause. <laughs> <laughs> then you this see nigga get his figure. dick sucked while he's on fire. That's wild, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's Kanye West. It's I would online, be surprised. Though, man. That's Damn. wild. But, uh, this veiled figure comes out. And it's a woman. You can see the silhouette. <laughs> but, it's hey, but this is really some deep shit you're saying because I know what he's trying to say. Yeah. And so it's like this veiled woman comes out. Nobody knows who it is. And I'm just like, who is this lady in the veil? And at this moment, we've only seen Kanye in these masks. At this moment, he walks over to the veiled figure and he pulls his mask off and he smiles. And he, like that's that was the end. Like that was the grand spectacle. At this whole time, we've only seen Mask Kanye. We haven't seen his face since he started promoting this album. And then this is the moment where he takes his mask off. So that was supposed to be like the grand spectacle. Um, the one before that, I think that was where he had the stage. All the troops were running around. And that's where he's just kind of parading around the stage. He uh, has this bed set up in the middle. And then he puts this big uh, Balenciaga or I think it's Balenciaga or Vetmont's coat on and it's supposed to look like a duvet but it's uh like this this big bubble coat and so mm. he's like walking around and it's like dragging on the ground like a king almost and uh i think he goes from that to like this spiked balenciaga jacket that everybody sees him wear mm-hmm. that's inspired by like bear hunting gear or something like that um and then yeah like all this weird shit and then i think that's also the one where he gets lifted into the air at yeah, the yeah. end yeah um, so the art direction is really interesting because, uh, Dimna, which is the designer from who works at Balenciaga and he's the founder of Vetmont, uh, 
he worked with Demna for his first collection of Yeezy Season. And he always wanted to work with Demna. And so Demna came and Demna, Demna designed all his merch, all the stuff that the Donda Troops were wearing. He designed that. Uh, all the stuff that Kanye wore during these presentations were either Balenciaga or Vetmont. Um, but the idea of the mask comes from Margella. Mason Margella had this idea where he was uh, completely against the idea of supermodels. Because when Mar Margella was very active, there was Naomi Campbell and you had a... Uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name, but I can see her face. Black? Yes. With the boxy-ass face? Iman? Probably. But, you know, just the idea of supermodels. Grace Jones or something. Grace, Grace Jones. Jones. But so Margella, when he would design, he would have all his models wear masks. Nothing on them, just masks. So you wouldn't pay attention to the mask. You would pay attention to the clothes. I thought that was an interesting choice because we've seen Kanye in masks before. Also inspired by Margella, but they were designed. So right. I thought that was like, this is like more of a true to art form type of thing. Because now it's, this is really inspired by Margella. There is nothing on my mask. It's just straight mask. Where it's like, don't pay attention to me. Pay attention to the music. So he wasn't talking. You couldn't see his face. All of that. He was just kind of emoting. The bigger thing that I'm getting at is, a part of me, I understand this is art, but I also think this is a really big tax write-off. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? I think this is a really big tax write-off because he's making money from all these streams. So he was in these stadiums. People could come to the stadium and pay to go to, you know, to the stadium. I think they said he made like 20... 23 million, 24 million. He made some millions off of just these three events alone. Then I think it's a write-off because you have this designer designing your, your merchandise. Not only your merchandise, but the things that you are giving to these people that are in your, like your troops. Yeah. So who's to say that there's a price on these things? He could easily get a price and go, Dimna, how much? Dimna is a designer designer. He can charge however the fuck, like however much he wants. He could be like, it's five thousand per vest. Right. Hypothetically speaking, each live stream, everybody gets a different vest, and so it's just like, yeah, you can keep them. There, he just donated however much money that was. Gotcha. That's a that's a donation. Uh, you thinking deep about this shit? Because it's like really, it's like I feel like some of this is not truly as artistic as people want it to be. But I also understand it's Kanye West. But it's like because Kanye West has also been in his bigger like capital bag like black capital yeah. he owns land he's starting his own schools I mean, I wouldn't, he's I investing it, in tech I wouldn't put it behind him to yeah. do it because he's a fucking genius yeah. so one thing you're not gonna question is his business acumen and so that's why I'm just like I feel like there's a deeper thing behind this as well because there's that um, there's also the fact of if you uh, in the last one he had all these vehicles riding around big trucks, big, you know, cars or whatever. I was like, depending on the truck, you could probably write that off as a business expense. You're talking about the one they did in Chicago. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, you can probably write that off as a business expense. I don't know. I, I liken it to, I liken all this, and we can get off Kanye and get off this shit in a second because um, we've been here for, what? Mad long. <laughs> Mad long. Um, I don't know, but I like, when I saw this shit going on, I likened it to something that Mike would do because Mike when he was here would do these big extravagant things like when he went over to Africa 
And then he had the whole fucking, he was in different countries all over the world. And you just saw their forces and shit walking with him. Like, who the fuck does, like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Who right. the fuck could do that? Right. But Mike was all about big displays and big shit. So that's all I like in this shit, too. I, I It was, I don't know. It was unique, different. I welcome it. It's Kanye. What the fuck? That's also what I imagined. But then I was just like, I don't know. It didn't wow me as much when I thought about that side of it. Because I was like, well, this takes the fun out of it. But then I was also like, maybe that's just because, you know, shit costs money. I understand, I guess. Of course you're writing shit off, though. Yeah, that's of course business. he is. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he not paying for none of that shit. Also, it was like an exclusive thing with Apple. That was my other thing. Apple was doing all this, so I'm assuming Apple paid him as well. Yeah, you know, he, he and so, played all of them like a fiddle, for yeah. sure. It ain't his first rodeo either, so. Of course not. But I got a lot more shit on this list, but I don't know if I want to talk about any of that shit tonight. Quick uh, fire, let's go. We could talk about some producer of the year shit next. I think the hey, BT boy. Awards are coming up. I don't know, buddy. We'll talk Who about else? that shit next time. It's a whole list here. We're going to talk. Somebody else going to win. I think the awards is coming up in a couple of days, so by the next time we record, this should probably be over, but we can still talk about it because these niggas have been having a year. I would say just go down the list and then maybe like <laughs> next time we can be like, all right. Right. But um, artists of the year for the BT Hip Hop Awards and shit. Um, the Ja Rule and Fat... Fat Joe versus is coming up. Who you got on that real quick? Who would you choose between the two? Ja Rule, Fat Joe. I was... Ja Rule. I would only say Ja Rule because I can immediately think of Ja Rule songs or Ja Rule adjacent. I think Ja Rule is going to win too, actually. But I can't I think too. of too many Fat Joe songs where I'm just like, yeah, that's the one. He got some shit now, but he, I don't think he don't have enough shit. But immediately no. I go, I can think of a Ja Rule song or a song that he's featured on before I can think of Ja Rule got a lot of shit. When I think of Fat Joe, I just think of Lean Back. Yeah. Lean Back. That's all I really think of immediately. He got the the shit he just did with uh, Remy Ma a couple years ago, whatever song that was. I forgot about that. He got a few songs, man. I think Ja taking it. It, it, But it all boils down to you. We've we've seen how this shit goes in the past, and a lot of it comes down to your performance and shit, too, so... Yeah, how you how you present yourself and is is gonna be big, but I think y'all got it. I was certainly wrong about that Dipset and J- uh, 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 Locks. My lord. I thought I I thought Dipset was gonna smoke them niggas. Oh my sure. lord! At least I think so. Everybody, I think everybody thought I thought my nigga Harden off top said it was gonna be the Locks. I'm like nigga, you crazy. And I watched that shit like I need to call this. I did a call. I called him and apologized. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like my bad, bro. I did not know that nigga Jada Kiss was Jada on Kiss his shit. Fucking but yeah, I think I think this nigga Ja Rule might smoke Fat Joe. Fat Joe is one of them sleeper artists though, where niggas don't really realize how much shit he's done that's because true. he's been around for thirty years too. Yep, that's and true. Terror Squad and all that. Yeah, he got a lot of shit under his belt too. I just think Ja Rule's hits are so big. Yes, that's that, what I'm saying. Like we yes. know them. And then, but the fuck, the funny thing about Ja Rule is even outside of them hits. When he was really Ja Rule, like, he got some shit under there, too. Yeah. When he was just kind of an unknown New York nigga rapping, like, he got some shit, boy. Um, niggas don't, niggas forgot about them Vinny Vidi Vici days when he was really rapping. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, the yeah, murderers. we talked about mostly everything else I wanted to talk about, man. We could wrap this shit up, man. I'm so glad oh. to be back. This is the guys yes, watching, yes, man. Thank welcome you for, back. Thank you for listening. I appreciate welcome, all, all my guys back. for coming back. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys next week. See y'all niggas next fucking week.